Hello everyone, this is Caleb, your GM. A quick word before our show today. Every battle this season has and will take place in the realm of imagination. Today is the one exception to that because we had a built-in way to communicate to you guys what is happening on the battle map. We then proceeded to immediately forget to use that method. My apologies, the battle still works, but I figured I'd let you know. Also, this is the one and only time I'll bring this up. We have launched a Patreon, and if you're interested in supporting us, visit our site at tblazer.net for more information. Last time on Trailblazers, the party escaped the black site with a drive full of encrypted data, a rescued Shiva in tow, and Solzhenitsyn's wallet in their possession. Later, after returning home, Sarah promised to make up with Victor if he would only cut Shiva out of his life. Victor agreed, and Shiva was willing to comply. They parted ways as she headed out to hunt down those connected with Solzhenitsyn and his conspiracy, and the party heads out to meet with Hannibal. What will become of Shiva? Will Hannibal be willing to help the party? Will they ever find a cure for the corruptions threatening to destroy them? Find out this week on Trailblazers! You guys arrive at the main police station. You know, I've, I've sort of, I've realized maybe this isn't clear. I, I don't know why I need, I need to specify this and make it clear, but this is sort of the if I can use this word, the capital police station of Lower Kadesh. It's sort of octopus head for which the tentacles extend out through the rest of the city. There's dozens of police stations, but this is sort of the HQ, as it were, for Lower Kadesh. You guys get into uh, there, and we already established last time that you kind of sort of have a direct line to uh, Hannibal's secretary, at least. You go up to her, tell her you need to see Hannibal, and she says, uh, in a minute, he's in with somebody. After a little bit, someone comes out, and you are ushered in. Welcome, gentlemen. Take a seat. To what do I owe this pleasure? We found one of uh, Nitsen's, Soldier Nitsen's hideout, and also he's dead. Well, this is quite the turn of events from yesterday, when we had quite a disappointing bust of some ice cream shops. I hold up the uh, copy data we have. We were able to pull a bunch of files off his computer. They're encrypted, but they have information about their plans and their research and the people involved. He takes it from you. Where was this black site? Uh, I tell him where it was at. I'll have my men investigated immediately. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. It seems that you two are not content at being average citizens. Gets harder every day. Yeah, it does. On that data, there's also research into reversing what the black boxes did to people. They didn't finish it, but it's there. But it's encrypted, too. Hmm. There has been significant fallout from that. And to be honest, I have turned my attention to many other things. This is a welcome bit of news. There is a lot of people in this city who are, up until this point, I understood to be irrevocably altered. Do you do you have people that can crack it open? Indeed I do. It's immediately I will get on this. I have just the man in mind. However, it is fortuitous that you guys came in today. Gentlemen, for the next 60 to 120 seconds, I need you to not respond as to not implicate me or yourselves. No nods of the head or, hmm, I see absolute silence and stillness. A decapitated body was found on the outskirts of southern Kadesh. Took some doing, but we found the identity of the body whose head was caved into the ground. It took an awful powerful force to do that to someone. And he kind of looks at Kentaro and the vortex gun on his back. I think we both know what we'll find if I have the forensics team take a look at that vortex gun of yours. Doesn't take much remembering to recall that you had dealings with this Suchin Ra. It ends up he was mixed up in some blowboard dealings. Given that these things attacked my men, as he's been talking, he's been showing you pictures of like Suchin Ra with just like a, a hole in the ground where his head used to be. And now he shows images of the uh, totem masks that you've seen before. I tried to snicker at uh, Suchin Ra's body. Given that these things attacked my men when they went investigating his club for clues to his untimely death. 
The case will be buried under so many that have a higher priority than solving the murder of a low-life criminal. This city owes you a debt, but even you are not above the law. I was able to suss out pretty quickly your involvement and don't think that there are many people here more intelligent than I am. Victor, it was no difficult task to look up who the owner of the apartment was that had two dead Gripleys in it, left there to rot. I can't keep covering things up for you. If you keep this kind of activity up sooner or later, someone is going to catch on, and I won't be able to bail you out. Consider this your one and only mulligan. Don't say I understand. Don't thank me. If you were to thank me, that could be used as evidence in the court of law that a cover-up took place. Simply get up and leave this office. Gentlemen, keep up the good work. I get up and I leave. And you see he takes like the pictures of like the dead Gripleys and stuff, and he throws them in the trash. I, I look at him for a second and get up and leave. Okay, Kataro follows you out. And the last thing you hear as like you leave is he hits the intercom button and he says, Get me Chief Inspector Lang. And the door closes. Who the hell does he think he is? What do you mean? What, we, we can't kill people breaking into our house in self-defense? Where we're going to get arrested? Over everything else that's going to happen, they're going to prioritize that all of a sudden? I should have done something with him, though. I mean, I just left him there, left it. <sighs> Bit a little sloppy, but uh, anyway, we shouldn't talk about that here. Hmm. I'm going to go to the... Uh, Secretary, I had asked for reports on any outstanding scenes of violence that had happened uh, at the time that we were going to the Sanhedrin building, because that's when the Rook apparently broke out and betrayed and went rogue. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing if she has those reports or any or anything in lines with that. She hands you what is essentially an encyclopedia amount of material. Well, let's just say she puts it on a disc, obviously. She's not going to just be like, here you go on paper. Where did the trees come from? Shut up. She gives it to you and says, good luck going through that. I think I got a good idea what to look for. I mean, after seeing what Shiva did, like, I, I assume there can't be that many horrendous scenes of violence, assuming that the Rook was something similar. You guys head out? Yeah. Yes. As you head out and the, the towering city's looming over you, the smell is actually like one of the refreshing times where you actually breathe in the air and you're not smelling just the many smells that a city can have. Because that water that's coming through from the storm just kind of refreshes everything. Uh, so it actually kind of smells a little bit fresh. And you walk through the mist and get into the tram and uh, where are you heading? Well, where do we go, guys? Oh, my guess. I mean, we didn't get any other leads off the information we got, did we? No. Vic. Yeah. As you like sit down, you kind of, oh, you scrape your arm, your non-mechanical arm against the armrest. You're like, oh, you look at it and there's this big gash and you kind of scratch at it and you scratch up, just you peel your skin like an orange and you're just looking down at the muscle and it's not even bleeding. Hey, you want to see something gross? Uh, yeah, sure. No, but I'm assuming you're going to show it to me anyway. I hold up my arm. Oh, what what'd you do? Vic. Oh my God. We have to get you to a hospital. What the heck? What do you mean, what the heck? You know what's going on. I'm falling apart. Hey, let me yeah, see but I thought that was just like emotionally. No. No, it's 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 everywhere. It's everything. Look at this. I'm going to use the uh, trauma pack to kind of like bandage him so he's not, his skin isn't falling off. So here's the weird thing. As you're bandaging me up here, uh, I don't, I can't really feel that. No? Um... Yeah, that's like exposed muscle. Can you still move your hand and stuff? I try. You can. Yeah, we're getting you to the hospital, bro. I'm going to like draw my blade my machete type blade and just kind of like, like try and prick his finger with it you don't feel anything Vic. okay what do you do? yeah that's really bad i think your nerves are dead which but no then you wouldn't be able to move your hand that doesn't make any sense what's that something's happening to us that doesn't make sense knock me over with a freaking feather <sighs> that's... i'm a shiva already why i don't know because she'd have some snarky comment to out snark me well i'm turning into her so it's true maybe i'll start getting snarky yeah you should have seen the mecha battle they had going on it was pretty sweet, but you were kind of knocked out because, or passed out, or did you just, you know, need a nap? No, uh, you know, usually I, I do sometimes do need a nap after I fall like 40 feet from a ceiling. Mm-hmm. Smash against every wall on the way down. Uh, what's the closest hospital? Oh, 
I don't know, Kadesh General, whatever. You go to the nearest hospital. Uh, I would love like the society's just like hospital number four. Just be- <laughs> it's just become so <laughs> you get there, they like look at you and they're like, All right, sit down, here's your waiting thing. You're like, wait, my arm's falling off. Yeah, okay, there's like a thousand people in front of you. And it's very detached, but of course eventually you get in. In comes the doctor and he goes, Okay, Mr. Oh, Victor, and you look up and it's Spencer. Oh, hey. Hey, uh, what are you doing here? What's uh, <clears throat> what's wrong with you? Um, I show up my arm. I can't oh. feel anything. Oh, my. And he, like, starts looking through your charts. And he, like, he looks perplexed. He's, like, flipping paper, paper, paper. And he goes, how many implantations have you had in the last three weeks? Um, a, a lot. Oh, my goodness. Has, have a, has anyone talked to you about maybe causes? Or are these all voluntary? No, they're not voluntary. My, I went blind. They replaced my eyes. My- I could tell, and he kind of like brings a little light in your eyes, and he goes, "Inflammation bother you?" No, no, I'm fine. Um, my- what do you mean you're fine? And my- he like shows you a mirror, and you see that all around your eyes, it's red, and it's a little bit. It's like not like sticking out, like you got stung by a bee, and you're allergic, but it's, a, it's just red all around your eyes. Did we install these? Because if so, dude, you can you 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 have a case against us because these were not installed well. I um actually don't really remember where. Where did y'all take me? I couldn't see. <clears throat> Guitar gun scratches the back of his head. An independent contractor. Oh, well, I hope you didn't pay too much for it. You got. You're gonna have chronic inflammation around your eyes forever, unless you get just brand new ones. There's no fix in this job. Well, what about my arm? Um. All right. Let me see. And he starts like, does this hurt? And he's tapping all the stuff. And he goes, let me bring this stuff to the lab, and I'll get back to you. Okay. Uh. Okay. And he leaves. What is going on? He can't figure out what's in that flash drive fast enough. Pretty soon, there's not going to be any more of me to replace. Yeah, we can't have two robots. I look down at Vimbot. Hmm. This sucks. Yeah, I know. Spencer comes back. Okay, uh, well, I talked to my supervisor because this is um, a pretty bad case. The test results came back. Uh, the flesh is 100% necrotic. The muscle tissue all looks like it's alive. And uh, I won't say live and well, but alive and acceptable. But uh, talk to my supervisor and he recommends an absolute total dermatological operation uh, and replacement. What does that mean? That means we will uh, normally we place under the skin a layer of fibers and nanofibers to sort of reinforce skin. A lot of people do it who are in like, the security field. But in this case, we can sort of get it to work uh, essentially as your skin by just making it a little bit thicker and then removing the necrotic flesh. Are you saying he's not going to have any skin? I mean, we have yet to to test all of his skin, but wherever it is necrotic, it will have to be replaced. Good news is we have a lot of options and uh, we have stuff that looks just like skin now. It's uh, only – it's barely recognizable from anything different than average skin. Yeah, but will I be able to feel? We have all sorts of different uh, neurological receptors that are, can be in there that you can absolutely feel. Yes, sir. Can you do me a favor? Uh, sure. Can you get a hold of Sarah for me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would appreciate that. Okay. And uh, then we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this. Uh, I'll, I'll be right back. Let me go get her. And he leaves again. I'm rotting away, guys. Maybe we should go get a drink. It's not going to do much for me. You know, my organs have been replaced. Everything about me is falling apart, and I don't... Thing is, I don't even feel it. Would you rather feel your necrotic skin? It's like, but the lack of pain. Am I even human anymore? No, you're elf. Yeah, you're never human. Thank goodness. I'm sorry, am I even elven anymore? (laughs) 
What kind of question is that, man? Am I no longer Kentaro because I don't have fur? Actually, I'm half-elf, so I'm half-human, so am I even <laughs> half-elven human anymore? <laughs> no, you're just a dirty half-breed. Am I no more Kentaro because I don't have fur? Is he no more Lanris? I mean, look at Hannibal. The guy doesn't even have a head anymore, but he's his own person. At least I still got my beautiful head. Yeah, hey, maybe they can give you some sort of, like, you know, hair implant. Cybernetic hair. Yeah, Genius. great. <laughs> And they don't know what's going on. They don't know why this is happening, and, and there's no way to stop it. It's like, whatever's going on with Landris, you're like fading away, and I'm rotting away. I mean, I've tried a couple things, but I don't know what to do. Sirs? Yes. If it makes you feel better, nothing lasts forever. I, I get replaced every six months, sometimes quicker. N- no, Venbot, that doesn't help. Oh, would you like a drink? Good news, Landris, <laughs> you get to replace him in six months. Do you have any alcoholic drinks? I do, sir, but it's only available to loyalty members. Oh, hey, I'm a loyalty member. Yes, you are, sir. What would you like? Uh, what's what's your strongest drink? Well, if I do this, and he, he puts out some clear alcoholic liquid, and then he like a tube comes out from underneath him, and oil comes out, and he goes, this will probably be pretty strong. <laughs> oh, okay. I take it. Okay. Pick. I smell it. <laughs> Smells like vodka and oil. Here you go, Landris. There's your drink. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Is this even... Just drink, drink it. This... Drink it! The door opens, saving you from this moment, and in comes Sarah, and she's like, Vic! And she runs over to you. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Sarah, you want a drink? No, don't drink that. Vic, what happened? I was working, and Spencer said you needed to see me right away. That you had been admitted. Yeah, my my arm. I show her my arm. Yeah, we got attacked, and Shiva wasn't there to help us. Kintaro, like, hits you, Vic, uh, Lanris. Like, shut no. up. What's happening? Have his doctor seen you? They're they're wanting to replace my uh, rotten skin. Like like with your eyes and, and your liver? Yeah. Did they say what was wrong? That my skin is dying? It's necrotic? That's all. They don't know what, what's causing it. Spencer comes in. So have you uh, made a decision? <sighs> uh, I guess I'll, I'll take the operation. Okay. And Sarah kind of nods. All right, well, let me... Go through it with you, and it kind of explains the operation. And the big thing that kind of stands out here is that this is you. You are you are you would be disqualified from this surgery because you have too many implants right now. If you hit over your threshold, to start getting cancer, so they will have to remove your skill slot to do this operation safely. Ah, <sighs> okay. Okay. So these are going to take you in, Vic. Mm-hmm. Uh, remove skill slot. Yep. You're going to have to get dermal plating mark two because Sarah works there. I'll give it to you at cost. Okay. You don't worry about installation fee. Move up to manifestation level five for your corruption. You now have greater armored. Your natural armor armor bonus to your AC from the armored manifestation increases by two. However, the penalty from armored changes to minus three. And all your movement speeds decrease by 10 feet. Good news is, with your double plating and this, you just bumped your armor up quite a bit. Yay! You can totally pick what you want your skin to look like. It can look like real skin. Like, you wouldn't even be able to tell unless you had to grab the microscope. You can make it look mostly like real skin. You can get whatever you want. You can be freaking purple if you want. I don't care. Yeah, you can have tiger stripes. <laughs> what do you want? I want it to look as close to maybe a little bit more tan. Okay, all right. They end up replacing, let's say, about 80% of your skin. And they put underneath, a layer underneath your skin that it does exist in case it does get necrotic. And he tells you if you need to have any more surgeries or elect to have any more surgeries, they're going to have to do some major modifications to get your body to accept it without cancer. So I assume I, I spent some time waiting? Uh, yes, you do. Yep, you and you and Kintaro are waiting in the waiting room. Hey, Kintaro. Yeah. Remember remember how you said you're, uh, you had a bad first opinion of me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. I was, that... 
must have remembered that in a dream or something. You don't you don't gotta tell me what that was. Uh but what changed your opinion of me? Oh boy, that's a big question. I mean later it's just the same thing to change your opinion of anybody, even your worst enemy. It's spending time with them. Seeing that they're a person, that they're not the sum of your initial assumptions. You didn't think I was a person? <laughs> why why you ask? I don't know. I just, whatever I did, I want to do that more. Uh, well, it was all that fur, so if you could just get that back, that'll do Maybe it. I can ask them to install it for me. <laughs> hey, you're the one that won't let me go in the vat. Well, apparently it wouldn't matter anyway. I do wish I could just freaking put ears on so I didn't look like a monster without this helmet. He's taken, by the way, he's just taken off the helmet. It's like on his lap now. And everybody wouldn't call me a bunny. <laughs> I'll just grow out your hair a little. It'll cover cover your uh, ear holes. Besides, you're not balding yet. Take advantage of it while you can. Yeah, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not Vec here. <laughs> feel bad for him. What are we going to do? I don't know. I'm tired of hearing that question being asked. What do we got? A couple days? I don't know. Until we just vanish or turn to a puddle of goo? I don't know. We got to make a deal, though. You can't jump ahead in line. You can't die before me, all right? It's just not natural. Oh, it's a competition now. <laughs> you can't, you got to let me go first, all right? You know you know better than to make it into a competition with me. <laughs> I will die so hard. <laughs> I'll die so hard right now. Uh, I mean, what am I going to have left if you go? Venbot? I mean, he makes breakfast, sure, but he's no mixologist. How did you try that drink? No, I like living. Wasn't that bad? Hey, I was thinking. Uh-huh. I don't, I, I don't like that's worrying, but okay. <laughs> now that Solzhenitsyn's gone and Locke's gone, maybe we can go back to that apartment. I mean, we're paying for it. It's not like we're hiding. They obviously know where your parents' house is. Well, not all of them are gone. We still got a sleepy dragon... <laughs> and the white rabbit. I believe it was distant dragon. Yeah, whatever. But I mean, we're no safer at your house than we are at our apartment. And our apartment was was ours. It was it was nice. It was something that belonged to us. It had the vibrating shower. It had the vibrating shower. Yeah. My painting's still there. You never finished it, did you? No. If we're about your sister, I mean, Vic can't go back to his apartment. There's a bunch of dead Gripplies in there looking for that guy to show back up. He can stay, take care of your sister. Hey, speaking of which, you know, your parents are here. This is where I had them brought to. We can go see them. Wait, really? Yeah. I, I asked the only person I knew in the medical field where they should be, and she said they should be here. Matter of fact, she's she takes care of them at least once a week. I mean, yeah, I, I want to see them. Let's go visit them. Vic. Mm-hmm? You're waking up from surgery. You're recovering. As you wake up, Sarah's by your side. Oh, hey there, beautiful. Oh. Hey there, handsome. Do I look handsome? Well, take a look. She shows you a mirror, and you look exactly the same, if not a little bit healthier, a little bit younger. I, uh, gotta figure out what's going on. I think we both need to figure out what's going on. Victor, I... And she hugs you while you're lying on the bed. Victor, I don't... I don't want to lose you. I don't... I don't want to lose you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that everything went this way, that, that I got so angry, but I... I, I don't want to be apart anymore. <laughs> you always said... That was more emotional than I was logical. I don't know what what made sense to me that I I want to be around you so much that my conclusion was to get away from you. <laughs> I want to be together, and I don't want to be separate anymore. Uh, you, I, I want to be together, too. You, you see who's not here? I did. I did notice that. You proved to me that you do care about me. And, and this, and she points to both of you. She kind of sits back up again. She holds your hand right next to where the arm was all gone. Now it's all repaired. What do you, what do you want me to do? What, what can I do to, to be a part of your life? Damn it. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work every day, acting like things never changed. But if that's what it is, that's what I'll do. Just uh, learn to fight, because trouble seems to find me. Okay. 
Spencer said there's there's a kickboxing class that's that's every Thursday. Yeah. He's been trying to get me to go. Maybe, maybe I'll go to that. You got good legs, so you'll probably be good at that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Spencer's a nice guy. Took care of me. That's very sweet. So uh, how long how long do I need to stay in here? Listen, I'm no doctor, but... You're a nurse. <laughs> I'd say you'd probably be gone a couple hours, but I can get Spencer in here to tell you for sure. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. I'm glad you're here with me. I'm glad you want me here. Yeah, it's kind of been a habit, you know, waking up, you know, after having major <laughs> surgery to your face. So I can't do it without you. Well, hopefully you'll get used to your skin faster than you got used to your arm. What does it feel like? She rubs her hand across your face, up near your eye as well. We should do something about those. <laughs> it feels the same. Get get Spencer in here. I want to see if he can fix my eyes. She gets Spencer and he comes in. Yes? You said you could fix my eyes. You could work on them. Uh, no, I said I couldn't fix your eyes. So it would have to be a complete replacement. Uh, the way this job was done was not well. Okay. Um, it, would, it would have the normal complications and risks involved with the surgery. Uh, so, I mean, it's up to you. I, I would recommend with the massive amount of surgery you've had happen to you that you don't take anything that's unnecessary. But if the inflammation is bothering you so much that you can't stand it, I mean, that's up to you. It's your decision. To be honest, it doesn't bother me, but I want it done right. Well, it's my professional opinion then that you don't change anything about your body that you don't have to right now uh maybe you can keep an eye on it and if it does get to a point that it needs to be changed uh but i will do of course whatever you wish to do keep an eye on it yeah yeah i'll do that (laughs) she laughs at your joke okay hey so and he kind of like looks and makes sure the door is closed my supervisor would would fire me if i said this but it's if this is not right that nobody's looking into why this is happening I mean, it's policy that they want to keep you sick so that they can keep charging you for treatment. Really? That's what y'all do here? That's what every hospital does, man. But if I were you, I would explain your situation to a lawyer. I think I know one. The fact that they are not, haven't even recommended plans for tests or anything to figure out what's wrong. That's got to be breaking some moral guidelines out there. You really can't mention to anyone, even your lawyer, that I suggested this is... No, 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 that's I could lose my job. But can you get me my medical records? I cannot. Those are those are not available to <laughs> the public or patients. You can work with a lawyer to get them requests and all that, but we can't give that information out. Okay. All right. Uh, well, let's see if we can get you discharged, huh? Yep, that sounds great. Landris, you're led to uh, a ward where the infirmed are taken care of surprisingly close to the psychiatric ward and you end up getting to where your parents are and they're in their own small room small as is the definition of standard here it's no smaller than other rooms like it's a room in the closet underneath the stairs it's a normal room but they didn't apparently don't see fit to giving uh comatose people a lot of room to move around but you get there and there's your parents and they're in bed separate beds but their beds are pressed right up against each other so they're still together and they're it just looks like they're sleeping Did, did like a doctor show us to the room Yes. Uh, how, how are they? Well, they've been, and he kind of like grabs a chart off the wall. Looks like they've been pretty um, status quo, sir. No recent changes. Uh, no reaction to meds. We generally keep them um, sedated when they are awake. They seem to be distant. So we like to, uh, once in a while, bring them back to that state uh, in order to see if there's any improvement. But for their comfort we uh keep them sedated so that they're uh well served that, that they're not trapped in their own minds right yeah uh, thank you Landers uh kind of like waits at the door and eventually goes and sits down like next to them uh takes their hands if he can kentaro's kind of just looking off from just a bit of a distance just letting you have such a privacy 
Hand feels a little bit cold because the blanket looks like the blanket was messed up a little bit and isn't covering completely. Looks like uh, looks like the the tables have turned, guys. Uh, you're the ones on drugs. <laughs> the the people who did this to you are dead. I killed Locke myself, and the scientists who put it all together got ripped into segments. We have a. Uh, we have his research. They're doing research. We might be able to, to fix it, to reverse it, and get you guys back to normal. I, I'm doing everything I can. Just please don't give up on me. Kintaro comes over and puts a hand on your shoulder. Oh, all right. Um, uh, can Kintaro here uh, ask me to, to marry him? And I said yes. So uh, here's your, your son-in-law. It's him. I, I, I can't do this. I, I go to leave the room. Kintaro falls quickly. And, and he kind of turns you around. And gives you a hug and rubs your back. I break down and cry into him. He just holds you and lets you do it. As time goes on, Lanris, you've uh, come back to the waiting room, waiting for Vic to get discharged. And you kind of see through the glass, he's talking to Spencer, and, and they seem to be completing the last bit of paperwork and such to get them out of there. And Guitar kind of just gives you a comforting smile. And as you're idling, you, you reach into your pocket to grab out the wallet you took from Solzhenitsyn. That had the key card in it. Remember that? Yes. And you just idly start going through it like, hey, I never actually went through this thing now. And you're you're going through or at least not at a calm state when you weren't in a room full of death. As you go through it, you find a, a, a piece of mail. Like a written letter? Yep. It's a uh, a bill for a utility. Uh, you can tell from the front. It's closed. It's been sealed. The heck is this? Where does it say it's from? It, it says it's from Solzhenitsyn to the power company. Hmm. I'm going to open it up. It's a payment being sent to the power company, and there's a credit stick in there with 100 gold. But maybe more valuable than 100 gold, it has a from address. Ooh, okay. Well, I mean, the, is it an upper Kadesh? No, it's lower Kadesh. Huh. Uh, Qatar, I think this is I think this is Solzhenitsyn's home address. Really? Yeah. He uh, paid his bills like a normal citizen. 100 gold? What is he doing? And he kind of looks at you and smiles. Do you want to pay to visit? Well, yeah. I've always wanted to visit the power company. Oh, oh no, you mean no. his... Oh, so, oh. <laughs> what was... Uh, being a lineman, your second choice of profession? <laughs> Vic, you come out. All right, man. You, you stay healthy, all right? Yeah. Call me if you have any problems, all right? And I can prescribe you that payment. Okay. Hey, Vic, are you okay? Yeah. How do I look? Um, Healthier, actually. You're, you're glowing. Like a robot. And Sarah, like, gives Kintaro the eyes. So, uh, we going home? Well, actually, I found this. What is that? It's one of Solzhenitsyn's power bills. Oh, cool. I always wanted to go to the power company. <laughs> See? I am I told you. And he Venbot goes, we're going to the power company? <laughs> well, I can see why Venbot would be, like, down for that. That's like a bar for him. <laughs> no, Solzhenitsyn's house, or whatever he thought was his house. Oh, I bet it's all going to be weird. He a lot for electricity. Well? How, how much is that compared to, like, a normal electric bill? It's pretty average, maybe a little bit on the upper end of average. You just don't turn on lights, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to. Yeah. I mean, we got nothing better to do. There might be more research there. Okay, but, you know, he's... Well, no, that should be okay, because they know who, who who did that, so... There shouldn't be any, like, police officers. What would it matter if there was? Yeah, listen, we're Psycho Squad. We get free reign over stuff. Didn't you hear Hannibal today? So we could kill everyone we want, and no problems. I, I don't think we're Psycho Squad anymore. I don't think that's what he meant. All right, next time we have to kill someone, let's just throw them in the ocean, okay? Yeah. But, Perfect. Hide it. Our, Instead of just leaving them in our apartment. Or burn it. What is I what think, is Sarah thinking think might, of this conversation? I was, I was about to say, I'm like, I'm not going to keep bothering them, but Sarah's reaction. But since you asked, her face is kind of scrunched and like, gross. But she's trying to be supportive of you and not stopping anything. Uh, so you're coming with us to the to investigate a house? Uh, is that what you want? I look over at Landris. Vic, you said the I word. 
No. No. No, 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 you no, know no, what no. That means. no, 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 no. <laughs> We're not allowed to go back to his apartment. You can't get those hats. Don't even bring it up. Oh. Think you got them? Don't make Caleb edit in the Law and Order theme again. No, wait, it's too late. Here it is. in its apartment, lower Kadesh. Like everything, like just think of so much verticality and layers and layers of like on, if you think of planes of where people could walk and you get higher and higher, right? And you, you get off the tram at sort of the highest point, have to take an elevator down, walk across sort of a, one of those sky bridges and you end up getting to an apartment building and you go up and it's on the top floor. Wow. Solzhenitsyn seemed a little bit more lazier than this. Yeah, and strike me as someone with a sense of a uh grandiose well no he, he he struck me as that but it just seemed like a lot to get here the top floor that's so that's actually pretty cool and look at this part of the city i mean i've never seen so much blue and white light i thought this whole city was red it's like things are clean look at this and he like wipes his finger across like one of the banisters ew don't do that look look for, it's clean around here you won't hold my hand but you rub your hand all over the dirty handrails it's not because i think you're dirty i don't see a single used needle discarded here here's some sanitizing gel i have some sir thank you venbot Vic, were you really going to bring Sarah with us? Yeah, Vic, were you really going to bring Sarah with us? She wants to be a part of the gang. Does she want to get her head knocked off? Are you an idiot? She doesn't want to be a part of the gang. She wants to be a part of your gang. Right. My gang. You think she cares where we're going? She wants to be wherever you're going. So? Take her out someplace, bro. Get her off our backs. (sighs) Well, we're constantly fighting for our lives, so it's hard to do that. Thought it would be a nice little date, you know? It'd be harder to oh, do yeah, that. Oh, yeah, what a great all- date. Let's go investigate Souls in its apartment. Right. And afterwards, we can go get some hot dogs. We fight off something together. We get the adrenaline going and, you know, yeah. So I'm stopping you there. <laughs> what? And, and then we go home and we have a nice relaxing nap and, and a tea and a, and watch some TV. Yeah, again. yeah. Jeez Louise. You know, maybe, Landris, we shouldn't get married if this is how boring things are going to get. Uh, you're getting married? Who is? What? What did this happen? Is it? What? What is that embarrassing, Landris? No, I, just, I assumed you. Mm-hmm. You're the one that has reservations about these things. Come on. I don't mind announcing in public that I'm getting married. That one's okay. Yes, we're getting married. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Okay. If we didn't fight, it wouldn't be us. But I thought you know marriage was lame. I did. No, I said Sarah was lame. I didn't say anything about. The concept of marriage. It's kind of lame. Depends. Okay. All right, well, let's go. I mean, we don't have a key. You probably have a key. You absolutely oh, wait, do have, I have a key, bro. Let me see if I have a key. Calm down. I didn't think I had a key. <laughs> there is a key card, which is his home key. Okay, so if anyone stops us, we're, uh... House sitting. I actually really like that one. House sitting. That's good. Take an elevator. Goes all the way up. You run into no resistance. And you end up getting the top floor. And it essentially is like a very small hallway into a door. And it's a very heavy, sturdy-looking door. You see, like, a little camera looking at you from the top of the door. Um, smile. Yeah, so let's just try not to murder anyone in plain sight of the camera. Sounds a good idea. 
I'm gonna just go up. I, I, like, I'm trying not to look suspicious. I just kind of, like, walk up and swipe the key. Boop, boop. Shh, the door opens up. Come on in, guys. Help yourself to whatever's in the fridge. A lot of very realistic-looking faux wood is in this apartment. Very zen. Everything seems to, like, have a place and speak a message. Uh, on the wall is a, is a fairly large painting of the archives underwater uh, from a little bit of a distance. Uh, sort of artistically done. Uh, actually looks very pretty. It's got several rooms. Uh, you, you kind of... The standard stuff, a bathroom, a bedroom, like a study, things like that. All right, so let's look around. See if he has a computer. You head around, no computer in sight. Does he have one of those sandboxes with a rake? Yes. Yes, I start playing with that. Okay, you've ruined you've ruined the zen. <laughs> that, whole, that whole room is just off. The energy's off now. Um, Applesauce. What are you doing? Are you going to blow like, us up? Just shouting the word applesauce? Yeah, it's the word the word that blew up the thing that almost killed you. It also unlocked things. <laughs> and if you remember, it asked to confirm like 18 times to blow up. So I think we're okay. Well, we've said applesauce about 18 times now, so I think we're not okay. Applesauce. <laughs> Stop saying applesauce. You you just said it again. I wonder if there's any in the fridge. Any what? Applesauce. Oh, maybe. <laughs> All right, all right. I'm going to use perception to see if I can find any of this faux wood is actually faux faux wood. <laughs> 44. Absolutely. Yes, sir, Bob. You find, as you kind of touch a thing feels more like an electronic plate, what would be on a screen. And when you hit it, the painting moves aside to reveal a little uh, little vault. A little safe, I should say. What do we got here? Mm, does key. he have like a key in his wallet or like maybe he wrote down the combination? Uh, he does indeed have a key. Now, is it just like one key? Because I feel like I'm about to get trick locked and it's going to kill me. You find one key that's almost completely unmarked except for a, a uh, brand name and it's the same brand name as on the safe. All right, here goes nothing. Got to unlock it. Beep, boop. It unlocks. What do we have in here? So you open it up, you find uh, two things of note. One is a single gold embossed platinum lined cred chip worth 100,000 gold. You've seen 100,000 gold before, but you've never seen a, seen a single cred chip that is worth that. Like the cred chip in materials alone is probably worth a couple platinum. The other very interesting thing is a folded piece of paper. Just folded in quarters. I'm going to attempt to read it. You unfold it, and at the very top, it says possession. And it's dated, and the date is back when Solzhenitsyn must have been in the archives before you guys arrived. It's a couple of handwritten notes by him. All kind of in an order, but obviously written at different times. The first one says, uh, I'm reading his voice just for fun. In my attempts to force the faceless gaunt out, I have correlated data from various sources around these archives. Here are my findings. There are certain occult rituals that deal with invading spirits. These parasites, as they are more wisely to be referred to, can be extracted from their hosts using a ritual known as ritual exorcism. This ritual will leave the parasite searching for a new host, however, and nothing is preventing it from lingering and eventually finding its way into another host after it's been excised. There is another ritual, however, which can help address this conundrum. An ensnaring circle can be made around the possessed subject prior to extraction. After extraction, this will trap the disembodied parasite within this circle and allow the subject to leave it freely. While this still does not specifically kill the parasite, it does render it imprisoned for what can be forever, granted that the circle is in a place that will never be disturbed. All this is moot, however, as we cannot find this ritual book, all these notes reference. There's another entry. 
I have ceased research into a way to kill the parasite, as opposed to just trapping it. I have come to the conclusion that this cannot undo the effects of the horror in the black suit. His effects are on the mind, not the soul. The infected man is still his own. The red tide creature does not inhabit him as much as affect him. I'll keep this research, however, for I'm not entirely unconvinced that there isn't a possibility I will need it later. That's the end of it. Faceless Scott was nice, by the way. Oh, thank you. Wait, so, so the first part was basically for the madness, they can trap it slash potentially destroy it. And the second part was um, what is affecting us. Uh, no, I, I, I wasn't clear or you misinterpreted it. It's, it's all talking about the same thing. Someone being possessed, how to get rid of it, and what to do with the possessor, the possessing creature afterwards. And then him saying, essentially, oh, I've realized that this possessing thing that he calls the parasite is not the same as the effects of the Slender Man. They're two separate things. So I'm going to stop researching this. Do we, do we still have that book? Which one? The one we found in the, the, the weird mirror rooms. You, you'd gotten it out of when you guys collected all your stuff back recently. A couple episodes back. You, you would have sure it. did get it. Oh, I do have it. Wow. You pull out this heavy leather bound book clasped shut with uneven pages. All right. So which of these would we need? You said something about a circle. Do any of these call out a circle? You unclasp the book and you, you open it up and, and the paper is, is a sort of heavy parchment. And there's all sorts of notes and things stuck onto it. But there is, uh, as you scroll through it, there are the two rituals he, he talked about. One, the ritual exorcism, and the other one, an ensnaring circle. And it, it's giving all sorts of different instructions about how to how to do this. It's, uh, it involves uh, special words being said, words that you're, you're not sure you understand this language completely. It talks about having knowledge of certain things. And it seems that it lists like components. You need a vial of holy water, a silver holy symbol, and it, it details the incantation and how to do it. And then you move over to ensnaring circle, which says it needs a stylus made of mithril and diamond worth 5,000 gold about. It talks about similar, having similar knowledge and deciphering language. Then this one actually has a lot of sort of drawing that you must do, very precise shapes that you must draw on the floor. Now, he had mentioned he had research into killing it, but he said he'd never actually finished that? Yes, he said he stopped because he realized it wasn't what the Slender Man was doing. So his instructions are just about how to excise it from a person and trap it. Hmm. Vic, I think this is it. You think? Where are we going to get all yeah, that I think, stuff? I don't know. I can't even read half these words. Maybe someone uh, who knows old world stuff would. I, I know a guy. You do? Yeah, where I got my uh, these symbols made. He might know. One of these ingredients is a holy symbol. Yeah, we could talk to him. Do you think he's going to be willing to help us trap evil spirits in our body? Because apparently this could be floating around we somewhere. We could talk to the magic professor guy, but he'd try to get us... Incarcerate us? Yeah. Well, maybe this is enough to convince him. I mean, you know these types, they can't run away from real book knowledge. We got it freaking literally in a book. But, I mean, this is all arbitrary. This is talking about magic. We, we have no one here that can perform these magical rituals. No one here knows these these things. I mean, maybe if freaking Red was still alive and our friend, she's the only person that knows magic. Uh, Quetzalcoatl, if he wasn't a maniac that killed himself, who, who do we go to? If Booker can use magic, I think anyone can figure it out. It can't be that hard. Well, who? Who, who, do, we, who do we go to for this? <sighs> hey, Lannis, let me hold those goggles. Uh, yeah. I put on the goggles. I want to have a look around to see. If Keep forgetting we have these ridiculously OP items. As you put on the goggles, uh, the, the room is fairly innocuous, except when, of course, you get to the book. And the book, like when it's closed, it looks like there's like 
things trying to squirm out of it. And these these images, these I, I don't want to use the word tentacles because that's already been very connotated with whenever I mentioned it, I mean Slenderman. So I, I got to come up with something else. But essentially, that sort of imagery of like things made out of words trying to escape this book, and, but almost like trapped by the book, essentially. Oh, cool. Did you just look at a book and say cool? Yeah, check it out. Man, Sarah's lameness is rubbing off on look you. Look at it. I'm looking at the no, book. No, here, take the goggles. That's weird. I know, right? Yeah, it's not cool, Vic. Oh, I'm sorry. And and as you, Vic, Landris, through the book, like you're flipping through it, the words sort of like come 3D to life. Like when you read the one about the magic circle, as you have the glasses on, you see an image of what the magic circle is exactly supposed to look like, sort of projected out of it and almost like rotating in front of you. Ooh, wait a second. It's not cool. Mm-hmm. Yet. It's get get um, there, The huh? words. Do, do the words have a pronunciation key when I look at them? <laughs> Uh, unfortunately not. I can, I can see what the ritual is supposed to look like. We could draw this out. We just got to find someone that can pronounce it. We're going to Ash Williams ourselves through it. As you like flip through the rest of the book, you're like reading things like one's called like a paired suffering that talks about trapping somebody's soul into another person. And then you see two people duel to the death with a knife and then the soul of one person going to another. Uh, you, you go to the hungering of shadows and you see a person like lost in darkness that spreads out from where the ritual's being made. And sort of like these these examples of everything as you rip through it. Would you guys be interested in me relisting what the, the contents of it is? Or are you happy with what you know? Hoba had listed off a couple of them before. I guess I'll, I'd like to go through a couple of them. Sure. There's the Fugue of Oblivion, where the target will suffer amnesia and essentially lose all their skills. And in game's term, you'll, you'll go down to one level, first level. The Hungering of Shadows that you sort of just saw that creates a massive area of permanent darkness. Uh, paired suffering, as I explained. Uh, second sight, where you can see through somebody else's eyes. Seated doom is very interesting. When you look at this one, you see a, a, a bunch of pieces of art, right? And some of the art sort of come to life and mess with people's heads. And it, it corrupts a piece of art with a seed of insanity that spreads to other copies made of the art. An avoidance ward, which bars all creatures of a certain kind to use a door. A call beyond the veil that will allow a spirit to talk through you ethereal rip which will create a rip between the material plane and the ethereal plane and when you like look at that one with the goggles all sorts of horrors come out and it seems to have like a lot of very bad consequences haunted communion that allows something to possess you compelling them to cooperate and answer your questions seek astral insights which allows you to break your mind off into the astral plane you see like a person holding their head and their brain literally expands out into like essentially space and veil structure which will obscure a building from the view of everyone those are some of the highlights when I see the Deal Soul one, Paired Suffering, I look down at my shadow kind of suspiciously. It, you see it, and it's it's flipping through the pages of the shadow book. Well, I guess you have the goggles on, so it looks like he actually has the book and he's reading it. I don't know how many of these will help. Um, I close it. As you close it, his book closes and he like folds his arms in anger. We gotta find someone. Um, Quetzalcoatl's dead. Booker's dead. Yes, we already listed everyone who was dead. Well, there's a lot of dead people, okay? It's hard keeping them straight. Suchinara's dead. Yeah, all right. Those Gripplies are dead. <laughs> Comet's dead. No, Comet is very much not dead. Well, the, we killed Comet. Some of Comet. Gemini gang, some of those. Well, what about, what about people that can manipulate crystals? Is that magic enough? I mean, it's the closest thing we have to magic. That lady from uh, Psycho Squad. The skeleton woman. Her? I don't know, maybe. I mean, she's something else. And you're right about that. I don't think I've ever seen anyone else who's used that much crystal. I mean, that's a chance maybe we can call in a favor with Hannibal. We also need a place. Where are we going to trap this thing that no one's going to come across it? Hmm. Hey, Vic. Yeah? Doesn't doesn't your wife's family own some mines? 
maybe they've mined one out and we can throw it in there where no one's ever going to go. Yeah. I mean, I bet there'll be a bunch of freaking crystals. Maybe that'll help. And they don't like me and they're jerks. So I don't mind putting it in there. Well, your wife wants to help so much. Yeah, we could probably do that. All right. Well, how about this? You go talk to your wife and go to um, that place you're talking about and get the ingredients. Okay. Landris, you and I, why don't we go to the professor and then we can all meet at the police station and see if we can't get that girl. Yeah, let's go separate the party. Yeah, but the GM's suggesting it, so it should be okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I mean, she's an option, but I don't know if I want her anywhere near that book. Like, I almost feel like when we're done with this, we should destroy it. I thought you made the, the suggestion. I know, I know what I'm thinking about. Like, there's a whole thing in here to rip open the ethereal plane or something. Like, we don't want people to get a hold of it. Oh, well, why don't we just go find Baron and let him do it? He knows magic. Yeah. I'm sure he'd love to help us. We don't have a lot of choices here. Miss King doesn't owe us any favors, though. Hannibal does, though. I mean, if he likes his city, that it's one piece and everything, maybe he could give us this one. All right, I got these wrote down. I'm going to go get the stuff and Sarah. All right, we'll, we'll go talk to the professor. We'll go twist his arm. All right, I'll meet you back at the at the police station. Sounds good. All right. All right, Vic, you go to that shopkeeper. And he's like, oh, hello. Hey. Good to see you again. It's good to see you. Hey, can you help me with uh, some of these items here? Maybe all of them? Oh, and he puts on like those like super tiny glasses and pushes them down to his nose and looks at it. Oh, what's the kind of symbol? Stones made of... Uh, sure. Uh, mind if I ask what you need them for? Oh, you know, uh, science experiment. Oh, this is a very specific details of what this style should look like. Oh, uh, yeah, I could get this. That'd be great. Uh, which holy symbol would you like? Um, Ioma Day. Ioma Day. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. How long will all this take? Oh, I can get it done by uh, tonight. Okay, that sounds great. I gotta run an errand anyway, and I'll be back. All right, it'll cost you 6,000 gold. Okay, I'm gonna get some of that from Landris later on. He's rolling it. Before you leave, actually, he goes, uh, this one thing I can't get you. Oh, what's, what's that? Holy water? Yeah? Yeah. What do I need to do to Sorry, get boss. that? Uh, dig up a cleric from the homeworld. I mean, um, there's a couple churches around here that might be able to help you out. Okay, like... I don't know. What's a good one? What's a good one? I don't know if there are any good ones in the city. Oh, a bunch of money-grubbing jerks, if you ask me. I mean, yeah, listen, they're good customers sometimes. Uh, I guess this one he points out a church to you. Oh, yeah? What do they worship? Phrasma. Pretty much a pretty neutral god. You have to be if you deal with death and fate and birth and prophecy. Oh, yeah. That sounds pretty good. All right. I, and uh, it's not far, far from here, huh? No. Nah, nothing's far from anywhere if you have the tram system. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be back. Okay. I head to the church or the temple or whatever it is. The place of worship. Okay. You go to the, the temple. They're, fun. They're happy to give you... Holy water. It's 25 gold. Okay. You head to the police station? No, I head to Sarah first. Oh, yes, sir. You could go to them while I'm traveling on the tram. It's fine. Okay, sure. Landris. You head off. You go to that school. You know right where the guy is. You don't bother saying an appointment because you know that he'll never see you or you'll get arrested. And you go over and, and, and Katara just kind of like opens up the door without even knocking. Professor Blaggard. How good you remembered his name. <laughs> As you go in, he closes the door between you guys so that Blackguard can't get out. Uh, Professor Blackguard, do you have a minute? I'm sorry. I suppose I must. How can I help you, folks? Please don't look so nervous. We're not going to do anything. Look, I we found this book. I've been digging into the... I forget what you called it. But we found this. And hopefully it puts a little bit more stock in what we said. Wear the goggles if you want to. Kind of looks at you warily and grabs the book and opens it up. And he starts, like, immediately his eyes light up like a kid in a candy store. This is, this is quite amazing. This, I mean, I, 
I'd have to get it tested, but this this date back to the homeworld. It it definitely does. You don't gotta do any tests. I promise you. Where'd you get this? It's a long, long story. Where it came from is not important right now. Can you read those words? Do you know what they mean? Well, yes, I can. Well, this is... You have been researching into the Eldritch Matters, haven't you? This is written in Aklo. It's a very old language and a very difficult language to study. I know you have reservations about our mental well-being, but would you take the words from another well-established scientist? Can I raise an eyebrow? I show him the note from Solzhenitsyn. I don't know. I guess there's no way to prove it's from Nitsyn. Almost has a signature at the bottom. He unfolds this handwritten piece of paper that's been folded a bunch of times. Solzhenitsyn, we've done some research for him. What kind? We lost a uh, research bid on something about uh, reversing the anthro technology. That was quite a while ago. Huh. You sure this is from him? Yes. All right. Albite, what's your game? We're me and my other friend that you saw last time. I know you think that we're insane, but we think it's quite possible that we're host to this parasite Solzhenitsyn talks about. And there's rituals in that book to bind and trap those parasites. And I, I can assure you, that book's not a forgery. I am way too lazy to create a book that intricate. Just to trick you, just to feed any mental instability you think I might have. Kind of fingering his glasses. And as he's fingering his glasses, you see him actually puts his hand through the lenses and you realize, uh, through the holes with lenses to be, he, he actually doesn't have lenses in his glasses. <laughs> what a pretentious... <laughs> Let's say... That I do this thing for you, that I make the crazy decision to mess with the occult, especially one that may have interests in eldritch uh, research. Let's say that I am crazy enough to do that. Would you give me and be willing to sign an agreement that would have exclusive rights to write about, publish, and take 100% of the proceedings from such published work based off of the experiences that happen? 70%. <laughs> okay, but I keep the book afterwards. Mm, now that's a sore subject. Um, you've seen what's in that book. Well, then 100%. 100% in no book. Yes. 95% no book. Done. And he stands up and he puts his hand out to shake your hand. You must really believe this is true. I'll tell you what. And he, as he's shaking your head and goes, this book does seem genuine. We will be messing with things. Uh, let's see. How cliche can I be? Beyond our imagination. <laughs> uh, but it quite will mess with us. This is, this is, I can read it for you. I, I'd be able to perform some of these rituals, but it is requiring certain materials. Uh, well, I'm already not getting them. Vixa getting the silver symbols and the holy waters and things like that. Very well. Where do you want to do this? Are you sure you're ready? I mean, my mind's been messed with already. Well, I'm going to need to go get some books on Akalo, make sure I catch up. Most of these things require quite precise pronunciation. But uh, yes, I can be ready very soon. When and where, you tell me when. Well, I'd rather not leave the book alone. So I will just accompany you getting ready. Well, you can keep the book. I'm going to take some dictionaries I have of ah. and lexicons. Okay, Um, the police HQ. Okay, what time? And X time. All right, so you want him to meet you essentially at the same time you'd be meeting Vic? Yes. He leaves to get some lexicons, and he actually, you wait for him, because you end up going there next anyway, so he's going to go with you. Okay. As you go, he just has, like, this satchel full, and he's, like, reading lexicons as you guys are traveling. Vic. Yes, on my way to the hospital, I stop by a little shop, like a little costume shop. I get five mm -hmm. black robes and, and some blank masks. Okay. <laughs> great. Fantastic. Want to get some candles? Yeah, yeah, I grab some candles, too. Okay, great. Fantastic. All right. Because uh, that's how Vic rolls. He's very theatric. I was aware with the hat. <laughs> and then I go to the hospital. Right, you head off to the hospital. All right. You go. You find your wife. Mm -hmm. You're like in the cafeteria and she gets coffee or something. Ooh. I get a cup too. Um, hey, I I know mm -hmm. things weren't great with your parents, but you know, how are, how are things now? Are they getting better? 
Well, you know that sta- that that uh, saying, "Time heals all wounds." Yeah, it's getting better. Listen, with the disruptor down now, that means grandkids might enter in the picture, and they don't want to be cut off from the gank grandkids. <clears throat> the uh, I think me and Landris have found a way to cure ourselves. And she like lights up. Really? Yeah, but we have to do like a, a ritual. Okay, how can I help? We need a place where there won't be like any people. And we were thinking maybe one of the old mines, one of your parents' old mines. Oh, so, so you want me to go to my parents and get you access to one of the abandoned mines? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Great. Uh, we we want to try to do it very soon, like as soon as we can. Uh, I can get off of work now and, and run over to the house. Okay, we're, I'm going to go to the police station and meet with Landris, and then we'll, we'll head that way. Okay. Th- thank you. She uh, kind of like clasps your hand and says... Thank you. Thank you for involving. Oh, yeah. Always. She smiles. She kisses you goodbye. And you head off to the police station. All right, you guys all get to the police station at the same time. Look at that. GM contrivance. Vic, you got the stuff? It's going to be ready tonight. We are gonna we can swing by on our way to the mine and pick it up. Was Sarah able to... Uh... She's working on it. Professor Blaggard. Yes. Do you think that performing this ritual that someone affluent with crystals technology and magic imitation would be a helpful to you at all oh it's completely necessary i mean if we had magic that would be good but of course we don't have that in this world but uh yeah it's just the closest analog we have i mean i can't guarantee anything well then we're gonna have to call in a favor well hey what you thinking i mean shira king vic's got this concerned look on his face i mean do you got any better ideas no it's just i only got five robes <laughs> Nothing, nothing. Yeah, go go get her. Bathroom? I don't know. I'm just going to go walk over to Hannibal. Okay. The secretary uh, lets you in, and Hannibal kind of looks up at you, and he looks like he's about to get going somewhere. And he says, I believe you already did this, gentlemen. Hey, look, we need another favor. Is that right? It's about us dying. We're trying to fix it. How can I be of service to the saviors of Lower Kadesh? Shariah King, we think she might be able to help. This is one of the few times you actually like see him like physically react. Shariah King, what do you need with her? I mean, she's a powerful crystal user. <laughs> if she was a member of Psycho Squad, that should be about all you need to know about her. What do you need her for? We need someone highly experienced in using crystals as magic. A consult, let's say. Okay. Do you have someone better in mind? Lady overcame, like, death. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty insane. I pretty understand. Hardcore. My hesitation is not about Shariah King's abilities. Those are beyond question. Unfortunately, Landris, my hesitation is the fact that you are no longer members of this police department. I believe that you, you worked quite hard to get out of underneath the thumb of this police department. You are no longer Psycho Squad and said the whole program was disbanded. She is a police resource. She, in fact, is no longer in Psycho Squad either, putting her well outside my traditional jurisdiction, though of course I am commissioner, which gives me uh, sufficient leverage to assign her places. This is not even concerning the safety of the city. We were rushing to get the bombs out of our head, Hannibal. I told you I'd still listen to your orders. We came back, didn't we? Make a diplomacy check. 21. Okay. I will entertain your notion, explain to me exactly how, if you can pitch this in some way that this will help the city, I will assign her temporarily to you. We might be able to get rid of the uh, the one who's causing all the problems. A bit too generic, Victor. Shariah King's expertise is needed to investigate potential alleviation from the symptoms of madness caused by the black boxes. An exposure to the uh, so-called Slender Man. I have learned not to question your crazy statements, as you've proven them all to me to be very true, and have done quite sufficient magic tricks to have me not doubt uh, the validity of anything you're telling me. 
So I'm going to ask this one question to you. I want you to look into my eye when you answer this question. Are you bullying me? Are you taking advantage of me for your own ends with absolute no regard to anyone else? Or is this truly to help others? This is to help me not die. Honestly, I can't help other people if I'm dead. I'm not using you, Hannibal. I told you I would do what you said. I don't need to be part of Psycho Squad to help the city. You want to conscript me or something? Go ahead. I don't care. Landers, Malleus, you are a friend of the city. More importantly, you are a friend of mine. I will give you Shirai King. Thank you. And he starts, like, uh, filling out a small piece of paperwork, and he says, um, I can give her to you for a maximum of two days. I hope we won't need that long. She will consider you her superior officer at the time being. You will be temporarily instated as a police officer. The limits on your powers will be great. So do not go around claiming to be a police officer. You won't get anywhere with that. But it's enough to command her. I will warn you, though, she is a reason she reached into Psycho Squad. She is, well, and he kind of, like, pulls out his uh, sort of PDA and he goes through and he shows you this picture. And he goes, this is the picture she decided to take for her ID on our files. Instead of the picture of what she looked like before, which I, I'm, I'm taking advantage of the audience and just assuming they remember what she looks like. She's in sort of like a black drape thing and, and it's it's very close to her head, which sort of like kind of gave her a skeletal look. And then when she did disrobe, she was a complete skeleton. She's got all these tubes and stuff coming out of her. However, this picture is of a woman with brunette hair and sort of a skin tight bodysuit. And she is alofted onto the shoulders, almost as if like a queen of all these sort of undead looking dudes that more zombified than any sort of skeleton or demon uh they still look like they were elves and half elves at one point her eyes are almost bestial she has these sort of blue uh neon glowing lines in her skin and she's just looking at this person whoever's taken this picture of her and this blue glow in her eyes is the same blue glow that is in these zombies eyes and as he shows you this picture he says she is a strong-willed woman. Anyone who ends up in Psycho Squad is not somebody who excels at taking orders. Consider yourself warned. How would you describe her? Hot-headed? Power-hungry? Quietly, menacingly intelligent. That's the worst kind. Hmm. She excelled at certain abilities of which we had some laws put in place just because she exhibited these abilities, such as using vacated corpses. Are those people corpses? Yes, she has uh, mastered the ability to use those which no longer are able to use their own flesh, which makes her useful when we permit her to use her abilities for the good of the city. She was much like you when I first saw you, men who I thought uh, had used their powers for evil that could be used for good. Well, evil's too generic of a word, too, too silly of a word, but use them for their own ends. And she was convinced to use them for the good of the city instead of wasting away at the bottom of the ocean, much like you were. Ever think of uh, starting Psycho Squad back up? Maybe just giving it a better name? Like what? Some kind of suicide squad? <laughs> Please get out of here. <laughs> I'll have her meet you in the lobby. Uh, as you leave, he's like getting on the intercom. Could you please get the Shirai King? Thank you. Miss King, I have to sign in then. Drifts off if you leave. Do you guys want to say anything uh, alone before you meet up with her? Quiet and intelligent kind of worries me. We got to make sure that she doesn't spend too much time around that book. This is your plan, man. I'm following you. But yeah, we'll we'll make sure. No, the big question is, uh, who goes first? What do you mean? The, the ritual. Who's first? Well, I think actually you might be more... I kind of look around cautiously, you know, dangerous. What's that mean? The guy pointed your shadow. It's creepily like reaching for Victor's shadow, and then when you look at it, it stops. Uh, I mean, I won't argue. Yeah. Just, you know, keep an eye on Shariah. I mean, I don't mind being the test uh, dummy, whatever, but I'm afraid, like, I mean, your guy I might lash out if we 
do that, you know? Ah, good idea. Let's hope you don't lose any more uh, organs by the time I'm done. Yeah. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just playing some role-playing games. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Trailblazers, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Pathfinder Academy? Pathfinder Academy is where Caleb and I teach you concepts that help you be both a better player and GM. Why don't you try some of our favorite episodes? One of mine definitely has to be the one we did on storytelling tips. That was a great one. We even had Andrew from Tales from the Lich come on for that one. It was an awesome time. You can find Pathfinder Academy on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen too, so go onto our site, tblazer.net, for a complete list of the ways you can listen. So go ahead, grab some dice, and join us. All right, Christian, you come across an obviously important character to the plot. What do you do? Oh, I go up to him and I shoot him in the face. Ugh, Christian. This might be a good time to buy any equipment that you would want to buy. I'm going to get Boots of the Elven Spirit. I am going to purchase uh, Amulet of Natural Armor plus two. Victor, you said you are boosting your armor to plus mm-hmm. one, and you're also going to use the metal from the Dark Trooper's arm, that material to make, uh, and paying 2700 to sort of reforge your Earthbreaker to make your hammer completely unbreakable. That is correct. I'm going to get a green nanite gun, two extra canisters, nanite canisters. You guys are going to go, and you walk in there is Shariah King dressed in her combat sort of armor with these things that perhaps keep her alive these tubes that are coming out of the back of her skull and such she's actually standing almost with perfect posture just waiting for you as you guys come in and she says and you can hear almost like a pump pumping air through artificial vocal cords so that she can speak to you and says i take it you're my new supervisor for this mission yes has hannibal breached you at all he has not what's the mission captain so we're studying the effects of the madness corruption. You know about that, right? Yes. Um, we have insight into it. Um, studies involving magic that might be able to cure it. You are the most prolific crystal user we know. We thought we could use your insight. We're going to attempt to cure someone of the affliction. Interesting. Does that sound agreeable? Orders are orders. And uh, you can call me Lan- Lanris. I hold my hand out to shake it. You know, shakes in her hand, shakes your hand, and her, her whole right arm from the shoulder down to the hand is is mechanical, but it's a very custom job. It's got like another tube that's flowing into it, and her hand's almost clawed, and she shakes her hand. If this works, hopefully we'll be able to help a lot more people. Very well. No hard feelings. So, we're gonna go? <laughs> Boy, <laughs> you literally almost killed me, only brought back by my ally, and I'm over it. That's cool. If you can't get over it, I suppose we'll deal with what it is. Look, I know you had a bomb in your head. I didn't say anything. Well, where are we off to? Um, Vic? We're off to... We gotta uh, go to the... I named the mines, wherever they're at. Uh, but we have to make a stop before we get there. Pick up the the, uh, the stuff. We're doing drugs? No, to pick up the, the stuff for the, the thing. I don't see the stuff like that. You confused me. The, the items. The... I don't know. What do you call it? Sounds like you're either talking about drugs or really good spaghetti. All right. So you guys head off. You go to the shop. Mm-hmm. I ask him real quick. Hey, uh, do you happen to have like a really large black robe? Uh, no, I, I don't sell fabric. Oh. oh, okay. What is with you in robes? Shirai is literally wearing all black. <sighs> I guess. <laughs> Let's go. And when I get the chance, Caleb, maybe even before Shirai got there, I was going to tell Venbot to keep an eye on her. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. And, and he does like a little salute with his soda dispenser. And Professor Blaggart. Okay. He's just, he's like, right now he's just like looking through the lexicons as you're walking and stuff. And you hear, you hear him mumble under his breath once in a while. Ah, who there? Ah, who there? Ah, who there? All right. 
you guys go off. I think it was actually to the house because that's where you're going to meet your wife. Mm-hmm. Which house? Your house. Why my house? Because that's where they agree. Now all these people are going to know where I live. <laughs> hey, this right here is where Landris lives. Right here. Yeah, Landris lives here. Landris lives here? <laughs> yes, Landris lives here. <laughs> but I'm assuming they all just wait outside as you go in and talk with Sarah. Yeah. All right, Sarah tells you, well, Daddy agreed. He has a, a mind that's not abandoned, but there's plenty of shafts that are abandoned. But two things. One, everyone has to sign this, and she pushes forward a non-disclosure agreement. Okay. Says you won't talk about anything you see at the mines. And two, he doesn't have any boats going down there. I, we, I did manage to set us up a ride with some convincing, but it's not the most comfortable of accommodations. What, what is it? There's a transport boat delivering some prisoners to the prison boat, Botany Bay, but along the way, it'll drop us off. Okay. That, that'll be fine. I mean, we've been in prison before. Right, you get everyone to sign- What? Well, you get everyone to sign it. In jail. <laughs> Uh, everyone, no, uh, none of the NPCs care. They all sign it. I asked Dahlia to look at it first. Oh, good idea. Yeah, she goes pretty standard stuff here. Uh, a little curious, but, uh, why it's here, but nothing here is, there's no, like, fine text that's gonna slave your soul. Oh, that's good, because I think mine's already occupied. Yeah, I sign mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Head off to the, to one of the docks, and, uh, the prison boat's kind of waiting for you. And the captain walks off and says, uh, you, uh, you Mr. Sharon's men? Yes. All right, follow me. I don't make this trip very often, but Mr. Sharon was very persuasive. We got to uh, ask you to please avoid the prisoners. Uh, we got a few executions to do. They won't take long. Uh, can we just stay on the deck? Uh, I, I, I Please do. If you want, there's an area over here you guys can sit and eat if you have any food. But uh, we aren't exactly equipped to take up guys up and down. Civilians. We're a little bit more than civilians. I think we can handle it. Well, don't you have a high view of yourself. All right. Don't get any trouble. And if I see you in, in one area you're not supposed to be, I will throw you into the ocean. Okay. And the boat sets sail. And this is uh, one of the few times you get to see the stars again, away from the light pollution of the city as you travel at a, a good velocity. Anything you want to do while that's happening? Hey, uh, Shariah. Yes. What have you been doing since uh, you got your freedom, your last Psycho Squad mission? Well, since the successful mission with you guys, I got reinstated, fortunately, as with anyone who gets reinstated with Psycho Squad. It's down at the very lowest level. I've been trying to work my way back up. Back up where exactly? Anywhere. Before this police department got their claws on me and ultimatumed me, I was a person who didn't have much want or need. Now I find myself buying groceries. You, uh, no offense, you can eat? I thought that would be uh, difficult, given your state of, uh, you know what I mean. But it's a shame that your capacity for knowledge only includes whatever's in front of you. I live with another person. Oh, oh. Uh, and what have you, Landris, what have you been doing since you saved the city? He got engaged. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. How lucky. It's, it's all right. It's pretty cool. I wish you the most happiness. Uh, thanks. She puts her hand sort of on the railing and leans over, which is the first time you've seen her without good posture, but she still kind of has good posture with it. Very straight. And are we expecting any sort of hostilities in this mission? We hope not, but, you know, you never know. The boat starts slowing down. Some dude who's just kind of been sitting out there uh, messing around on his guitar, he starts playing a little bit louder, and you can kind of catch it. As the boat comes to a stop, some prisoners are marched out of the lower decks, and they are lined up against the railing. And some very official-looking, almost police officers, but they're obviously not part of the police, they're part of some other department of corrections, walk up and they blindfold these men, and then they face them uh, out towards the ocean. And some guy who looks in charge 
gives them an order and they all raise weapons and then he says something and they all fire off at once and the bodies just fall into the ocean and then another group of like seven is marched out this happens for maybe three groups very mechanical there's no sort of like last rites or anything it all seems to have happened beforehand this is the end of the line and they finish and everyone goes kind of back inside and the guitar player guys he continues to play and you look at him he's not wearing any sort of official uniform he sort of kind of looks like a civilian almost you're not sure who he is or why he's there. Flying away as you guys begin to sail again. Yeah, hate to have that job. You look down at your um, shadow lanterns, and it's playing a guitar. It's mimicking as if it is doing it, but of course there's no guitar. You guys head off, and eventually you uh, see in the distance what looks sort of like, imagine like an oil platform, an uh, oil driller in the ocean of our world, something akin to that, and you dock up with it, and the captain comes back out and says, well, gentlemen, here's your stop. We're supposed to pick you up and swing you around the back. We'll be back in a day. Oh, okay. Yeah, a day. Okay, well, 24 hours? Yes, sir. All right, well, we'll be here. All right, be ready. I'm not a patient man. I don't intend to wait too long for you. Don't be late. <laughs> he smiles at that. Disembarks you, pulls the platform back up, and you see this boat leave. You see some guy sort of fiddling something, and he kind of stands up, and he goes, You the group Mr. Sharan talked about? Yes. All right, follow me. He's told to... Uh, Treat you guys well. We're sending you over to uh, one of the abandoned shafts. Is that right? You you come to understand that as well? That is correct, sir. All right. Uh, I don't need to, remi- uh, need to remind you, do I? Uh, boss man said to be clear that you're not allowed to talk, write, or in any way communicate what happens or what you see on this platform. Uh, yeah. Very well. And as you're going down, you so you get to this like sort of large elevator. You get to get to it, though. You go down this hallway. And you look, and there's these different like big glass rooms. And there's people in these rooms, and they it's sort of like their skin is gone, almost super pale and translucent, and there's like heavy red bruising. And you can see their veins and almost nerves, and it's just very sort of desolate looking. Vic, what did, what did you say Sarah's parents do? Um, I, I'm not actually sure. I mean, I knew they owned a mine, but I'm not, I don't know about this. And none of these people you see, by the way, that look like this, that are on these tables, uh, are moving. Are they anthros? Uh, there's a, uh, there's a variety. Hey, uh, are those guys okay? Oh, no. Mining sickness. What, what's that? I mean, harvesting these crystals isn't exactly safe. <laughs> if it was, uh, there'd be a lot more companies vying for the job. So sometimes that happens. All, all comes with the territory. Crystals go through a lot of refining before they get to the common man. I mean, if you got these things raw, they'd, they'd probably peel the flesh off your bones. Guitar kind of like sideways glances at Shariah. Yeah, it's a shame, but... <laughs> Occupational hazard. Don't worry, we got we got suits for you guys. Well, <laughs> equipment. Okay, that's good. Good to hear. As you get towards the end where there's this sort of big uh, elevator that has sort of like a see-through gate, there's a bunch of guys sitting down and they seem to be like waiting to go down and he like waits for them to wait and, and you catch up to it and there's like two benches on either side for you guys to sit down and uh, you go ahead and you sit down and you wait for it to go down and as you wait down, like these guys that are these, these essentially miners... They uh, look sort of sickly. Now, they don't look as bad as those people you saw on the slabs. Their skin is actually sort of dark and caked and, and different stuff from mining, different uh, hard earth materials. And they're all wearing these gas masks. And he hands each of you guys gas masks. And you look and these aren't like, hey, these are all, you know, gas masks, all the same kind. They seem to be like a variety. Some of them are salvaged together, repaired where you can see like tape and stuff. And these guys all are emaciated might be a good word for what the way they look like. Maybe not that far. That kind of depicts a little bit worse than they are. Uh, but they all look like they have not gotten enough nutrition. Hair scraggly, shaved in weird places. 
I hope uh, Mr. Sharan's uh, compensating you guys well for this. They like they look at you and they give you glances, but no one says anything. All right. You feel the elevator shake as you start going down. You stop at a level and they all get up and they leave and then they, you go down even further. So we're taking you one of the early shafts. Uh, it's pretty much completely devoid of crystals. We we stripped it bare. I'll move you down there and get you down to the end. Then you guys can do whatever it is uh, you do. I'm going to give him a quick sense motive. Um, I find it strange that one of the early shafts were one of the lowest. 16. You're not too worried about it. I guess it's just how it works here. And then kind of comes to stop. And he opens up the gates. He goes, okay, uh, you're going to need this. And he hands you a map. Don't get lost down here. The place is a veritable labyrinth if you don't know where you're going. You're going to go here. And he kind of circles a spot and he shows you where you are. All right. And here is the access card to get there. It, there's a gate in the way. Shall be set. You need anything else? Uh, anything else we should be aware of? To look out for? I know uh, this is like secondhand stuff to you, but anything that we should, you know, never been down here before. Uh, don't touch anything you don't have to, I guess. And keep your masks on. Good rules everywhere. All right, you need me. You press the little button, and he hits it on your bzzz, and like oh, it's so loud it like vibrates the elevator, and I'll send the elevator back down for you. All right, thank you. Uh, what was your name? Franklin. Uh, thanks, Frank. Mm-hmm. And then he closes the gates, and the elevator goes back up. That was a little uh, a little weird. Yeah. This whole place is weird. All right, well we're let's find this uh, abandoned tunnel. It takes you a little while, and it is quite a labyrinth, but you eventually get to this sort of warded-off area. You use the key card to get through this gate. It looks pretty old, but you creak it open, and you get down until you get essentially this sort of fairly open area. Hey, uh, Shariah, so uh, who do you live with? A family? Friend? Why don't we keep this business? I'm just trying to kill time. You guys get to this area? The professor kind of looks up and says, All right, um, so these details are well, they leave a little bit to be desired. If only they put illustrations or something. But uh, suppose we must make do with what we must make do. Uh, of what? For, for, for these these rituals. They no, they do. What do you mean? I hand them the goggles. Okay. Oh my! Would you look at this? What kind of technology is in these? Oh, this is exceedingly helpful. All right. So who's who's in charge of this shindig? I guess I am. Yeah, we we are. I will. Yes. So okay. So is this a suitable spot? Are we good with this? Uh, we'll have to flatten out that over there. So it's about the flattest area we can get. If we can flatten out a little bit more to draw the circle. <clears throat> I start going to work on my hammer. Nice. And you know what? Your hammer doesn't dent. You know why? Because you made it out of that yes. material. It's super cool. So, uh, do you have the materials? Where's that powdered silver? That's a Vicks bag. I, I give him all those stuff he needs. Okay, great. What are these robes? Oh, yeah. Everybody needs to put those on. Why? What? Why? We're doing a ritual. What about these masks? I need to read the material. Well, I mean, you know, just... What, what kind of mask is rush up against the circle to ruin the whole thing? But it's how it's done. What kind of mask is it? It's just a mask. But it's just like of? a it's just like a blank mask. It's got like eye holes and that's it. It covers your whole face. <laughs> oh, Vic. Why? Cuz right, uh, I mean, done. I was wrong before. I'll wear I'll wear the robe. If you want me to wear the robe, I'll wear the robe. Everyone except Shariya, who obviously is not enough for, puts on the robe and mask. But like the professor like puts the mask above his head to keep like reading yeah, that's and fine. stuff. I mean, we have gas mask on anyway. It's like we put the mask on. That's actually a good point. Yeah, you can't wear those gas masks. You can't wear those face masks. So where's Shirai coming to this, professor? So he he begins uh, like wipe um, clearing off all the dust and debris and everything off this flat area, and he goes, "All right, so I'm going to be." Uh, and he keeps looking at the book, and he's messing with this special stylus you got made of mithril and diamond. It says, all right, so I'll be drawing this. It's very important that nobody disturbs me while I'm doing this and no one touches the drawing. And it's very important that we all watch me do this because when I'm finished, if this book is to be believed, 
this circle will disappear. Is that clear to everyone? Especially uh, whoever is being excised, for you will need to later on step inside the circle and be sure not to touch any of the drawings. See, so who, who's being excised? We, we said I'm first. But anyway, you will need to make sure to be, uh, note while I'm drawing everything, okay? I'm paying careful attention. He painstakingly draws this circle that involves all sorts of just crazy symbols and circles within circles. Rarely do you ever get the straight line, though, of course, I mean, what, what's the ritual circle without a star somewhere? It's gotta be. And true to form, it takes like, like an hour, but when he finishes, it vanishes completely. Whereas it was a white, kind of done with powdered silver, it's gone. He's amazed and he goes, well, I'm being more and more convinced all the time. Uh, Miss King, I, I'm going to need you to say a few words for you and I need you to understand them, maybe be able to pronounce them back to you. And he starts reciting some words to her and she repeats them and the like. And he says, all right, you're going to need to stand there. We're all going to need to stand in this way. And he, he kind of imitates how everyone needs to stand around the circle. And he, he gives continues with these instructions and he says, farewell. Everyone, it's very important that you do not disturb the ritual. There's instructions here that say that the ritual can continue without being disturbed, but that it, there's all sorts of different ways to get it going again. I'd rather not have to fiddle with. Are we all ready? Yes. As ready as I can be. He begins chanting words, and he has you repeat words every once in a while. You guys do this, and, and after uh, some time, the circle, just from the ground straight up into the air, beams of blue light and and sort of a fierce, quick movement scream into the into the ceiling and then stop and he kind of looks around everyone's quiet for a second then he goes all right well that's that's that done no no spirits that enter that circle can leave now time for the exorcism when this happened by the way it was from shariya that stuff went into the circle that it then came out of now are you ready for this if this does go wrong there will be negative consequences about what I'm used to. And you see Shariah sort of like, you can hear things pumping pretty quickly through her tubes. And she said, um, none of you mentioned that whenever I had to do this, it would hurt me. I didn't know. Didn't mean to hide it from you. Is it, can you deal with it? Yeah, I'm fine. Just move on. And uh, as he begins this next ritual, he says, it's time for you to step into the circle. All right. Uh, I look at Kentaro. Don't worry. I'll be right here. All right. I'm, uh, I trust you guys. Step into the circle. And uh, he begins engaging this ritual, again saying these words. And Aklo is a very strange sort of comes from the throat language, almost from the belly at times. And it just sounds like wrong. Like, why would anyone make this language? But it's precise. And as he's doing these things, Shirai sort of lifts her hands up, and you see red sort of mist, and almost sparkles coming out of her hands and entering, and it starts sort of surrounding you, and surrounding your legs and arms and chest, and it goes up and it almost suffocates you down your throat, up into your nostrils, overwhelming you with this, with this just like burning smell. And eventually, when you burn your tongue, you can't taste anything more, it sort of starts happening in your mouth. And as this is happening and happening, Landris, mm-hmm. as this happens, it's like you're looking through a water-tinted red, and it looks as if to you, smoke fills the room and starts surrounding everything. And you look down, and your shadow's like looking around at its arms and legs, and it looks at you, and it's making a big no motion, like, stop, don't do this. No sort of motion. I flip it off. It waves hands like, okay, real mature. It cuts its throat as if to say dead. Yeah, you maybe. It's really like freaking out really badly. And it starts clawing at the ground. And then you see like it touches where the circle would be. And that bit would line up a little bit and burn his hand. And then all of a sudden, complete darkness that is tinted red takes you away.
life comes back to you and you're in your childhood bedroom at home and you're playing with some toys and one toy is a little tiger figurine and another one is a little bald cat figurine has a hammer and you're playing with them and you hear a noise coming from your closet and the room's dark as it always is because the city's always dark light bleeds in through and slots from the slits of the blinds it's as always red and the door is slightly open and it creaks all the way open and then eyes open inside the closet red eyes and then stepping out of the closet and simultaneously eyes going back to what would be normal is what you have seen before as the creature in your shadow a creature in a fancy coat with tails a top hat but it's all sort of disheveled the top hat has some stuffing coming out of it he looks fancy for what a time was whenever it was and he smiles a trusting smile and says hello lanny you playing with your toys there? Uh-huh. Those are really nice toys. Mind if I play? Um, n- not this one. Dahlia got me this one. I like this one. Okay, I'll play with the other one then. The stupid-looking bald one. It's not stupid. Tell me, do you like... And he flashes his hand, and all of a sudden a card appears in his hand. Magic? Yeah. What do you like better, when things disappear or when they appear? Stop and think about it really hard. <laughs> Um, uh, up here. Good choice. Because behind your ear, and he pulls out this little baggie, and it's got little gummy bears. A delicious comestible. Here you go, and he hands you the gummy bears. A delicious what? (laughs) Candy. Oh. And he sort of walks around the room a little bit with his hands full behind his back. What a gamelic little room you have here. Very homey. Very homey. I'm eating the candy like quick before he like realizes it and he goes over and he there is now a record player which was not in your room before and he goes do you like music I like red Mm, red is a good singer everyone loves red hey what's this and he like leaves this this record player and goes over to an old little toy piano you have and he goes do you play the piano Lanny and shake my head everyone has music somewhere come here sit down and he pats on the on the seat Let's make music together. Okay. You play a little bit, and then I'll play a little bit. You're going to just kind of poke around on the keyboard a little bit and play just like a little simple tune. And the normal sounding sounds are you playing, and the sort of ethereal ones are him. And when he makes these ethereal sounds, they just come from, like, his hat. How'd you do that? Is it the hat? He smiles and you see like sort of yellowed teeth, which is the first off-putting thing you've seen about him. Oh, we all have our secrets. You know, there's all sorts of secret things that can hide in the corners of children's rooms. Tell me. And he walks back over to the record player. Have you ever heard of the Boogeyman? No, no, of course you haven't. You're much too good to have ever heard of the Boogeyman. And he takes off his hat and he pulls out a record and he puts his hat back on. And he places the record on the thing, and he puts the needle on the record, and starts playing this song, which is very foreign. It doesn't sound like it's a song that's originated in your world. No one's ever had music that sounds this sort of weird and grainy. And he starts kind of like, just moving his shoulders a little bit to the, to the sound, and he goes, Well, the boogeyman, he is somebody that comes and takes away children. And he walks over to your closet, and he goes, Do you know how the boogeyman gets in your home? Shake my head no. It's when you do things like 
Leave the closet door open. And he closes the door, and he puts his hand on the doorknob, and the doorknob, you can hear a locking sound even though your closet doesn't have a lock. There. We've boogeyman-proof your room. And then he kind of rushes to you a little bit, kind of like jokingly, and you kind of hop a little bit onto the bed, and he goes, Exactly, look at you. You already have the reflexes of somebody who's going to be visited by the boogeyman. You know what will protect you? And he points to the covers. And he tucks you in and he goes, The boogeyman can't get through the covers. Oh, that is unless you stick your what? foot out or your hands hanging over the bed. Then he comes from underneath the bed and he grabs you and he drags you under. You don't want that lanny, do you? No, 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 no. My feet are in. <laughs> Very good. Very good. You know what else? You tell him that you've got soldiers ready to fight him. And he won't know. And he pulls like out from like your toy box. I just made of lead. And he hands you one of your toy soldiers. I, I don't grab it because I don't want to take my hand out of the cover. <laughs> Boogeyman. He's very scared. Very easy to spook. You just gotta trick him. And he kind of starts walking around the room again. So tell me, Lanny. Are you afraid of the Boogeyman? I shake my head no. Of course not. My name's Landris. I know it is Lanny, but we're friends. Friends have nicknames for each other. My mom doesn't like it when people don't call me by my full name. She says it's disrespectful. <laughs> well, your mom is a complete loser. You don't need her and her advice around. I bet your mom told you to clean up your room a time or two. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. And you don't ever want to clean up your room, do you, Lanny? Shake my head no. He grabs the covers and throws them off you. There! Huh. Throw it around the room. Go ahead, make the room messy! But what about the boogeyman? Oh, the boogeyman. He's more scared of you than you are of him. You've got your toy soldiers, don't you? Go ahead, throw your stuff around the room. Knock the piano over. I don't think I can. It's heavy. I can help you, Lanny. And he puts one hand on the keyboard. Uh, okay. And he helps you knock it over. That kind of feels good, like you're not allowed to do this. And he smiles, and as he smiles, you kind of like look at his shoes, which have this weird funky point at the end of them. You now you can prove to the boogeyman that you are not scared. Go over to that closet there. Grab that handle and wrench that door open. And shout in the closet, I'm not afraid of you, boogeyman. I is he in there? Maybe. But if you show him that you're not afraid, he can't hurt you. Pump up my chest and... March over to the door. Dahlia's left one of her dollhouses there, and he picks it up. Go ahead, laddie. Go to open the door. He reaches into a door of the dollhouse, and his hand juts out of the closet, sort of proportional to what his hand would be to the size of this dollhouse. And he grabs you, and he rips you through the closet out of the dollhouse, and now you're super tiny. And he smiles and he goes, there you go, Lanny. You're not scared, are you now? And now he's huge. You can see the twists of his jagged teeth, his pointed nails. And he smiles, a grim smile. To a child, frankly, a terrifying smile. Lanny, let's play a game, Lanny. We'll put you here. And he puts you on a chessboard. And we'll put your little toy here. And he puts the toy of Victor on the chessboard. And Lanris, as you look up, your whole room has changed. While there's still toys and everything around here, you now look up and there's this night sky with this eclipse happening. This giant monster, this boogeyman, is at, sits down at the edge of the table at the opposite side of the game board as you. And he goes, well, we can't play without pieces, can we? Now where will I find some pieces? Oh, over there. How about them? And he waves his hand and the gummy bears come to life and hop up and they line up where the pawn should be. And he goes, now, now, now. Aha! There! 
And he walks over and he puts the toy soldiers down where the rook should be. And then he grabs some toy boats from your toy chest, put it down where the bishops should be. He grabs a couple like little marionettes and he puts them where the knights should be. And, uh, he grabs like some fake jewelry you have. And you see like, he puts it in his hand, shakes it about. And he like almost molds it and he molds this sort of metallic golden royal looking thing and puts it where the queen should be. I'll... I'll play the king. He blows a little bit and little smoke comes out and a sort of ethereal version, smoky version of him appears where the king should be. Where you started affects where you can move. You are a bishop, Lanny. And by the way, now you're not a kid anymore. You're you're adult with all your equipment. You can move uh, only in the diagonal white spaces. However, you can shift to anywhere that you can normally shift. So you can move five feet in any direction. And you can only attack in those diagonal lines. So you can't shoot like straight ahead. You, Victor, Mm -hmm. are a knight. So you have to move in those shapes. You can move to your speed. And you can obviously, you can attack anything adjacent to you, however. You don't have to attack within that L. And just like uh, Landris, you can shift any adjacent space. The queen looks sort of like a queen. And she's got a scepter that has these multicolored gems on them surrounding the head of it. The gummy bears twist and contort to become sort of demonic looking bears. But they're still sort of silly because they're made of colorful gel. The marionettes sort of get a weird twisted evil smile. And everything starts shifting and changing and twisting to look contorted and bad and these boats start getting like skulls on their sails and such and the toy soldiers start looking wretched go ahead and uh roll initiative 21 and 22 for vic okay you guys get to go first obviously vic and then lanris um f4 awesome lanris uh lanris is going to shift diagonally into b2 okay and then start firing at the pawn diagonal to him 29 to hit the gummy bear there is a hit 27 to hit the gummy bear. 27, yeah, hit it. And then 19 hit the gummy bear. Hit it. 33 damage. Second arrow is 16 damage. Gummy bear's pretty messed up, but it's still around. You shredded it to pieces. It's like falling over itself. Almost sort of gross looking. Another 16 damage. You kill it. What in the hell is going on? Is that you, Vic? Yeah, it's totally me, Vic. (laughs) It's me, that guy, Vic. Vic, the guy you know. (laughs) It's me, Vic. This uh, now gigantic... Boogeyman says, You know what I think your problem is? You're just not en courant with the facts. Let's have an excursus, shall we? And he moves his hands to move out some pieces for us. He's going to move out two pawns, one of the knights, and he's going to move the bishop slightly. And so like the, the boat, as it moves, like underneath the boat, the board sort of looks like water, but only wherever it is. All the good I did for you, I can picture it like freeze. You wanted that lock fellow dead, so I made it happen. Where's the appreciation, the thanks? Then I'm attacking that pawn that is at F5. I'm going to attack him. 46. Hit. 23. Hit. Oh yeah, I'm doing full round, by the way. And 16. Hit. 38 damage for the first. 41. That's probably going to kill it. It does. You slatter (laughs) it with your hammer. Squish to the ground. Lanris. The, the boat turns broadside and lands up Hey, did you see you. what I did, Vic? Me? I'm Vic, and I did that. Yeah, good job, Vic. <laughs> you think I needed you to kill Locke? Oh, you weren't willing. You had him in your hands, bring him to the vertebrae to throw him into prison. But I knew where your heart hit, Lanny. And I did what you wanted to do. What you couldn't bring yourself to do. No, I did that. Don't be so full of yourself. You keep telling yourself that, Lanny. You're nothing but a scared little child. I'm gonna attack the bishop diagonal from me. Do it. 30. Hit. Ooh, natural one. And 18. 
Miss. 30 damage to the bishop. Okay. And I'm going to five foot shift uh, this way. All of a sudden, the giant boogeyman puts his hand over you, like above your head. And for Victor, he brings his other hand, and he brings his finger, and he sort of points at you. And these are both hovering above you. But of course, before he does that, he's going to move his tokens. Uh, you know, why not? Why not make the token move on there? What am I doing here, right? I mean, I'm walking here. <laughs> and the bishop is going to take a shot at you, Victor. And it shoots its cannonball out. And as it shoots its cannonball, a string follows it, sort of like a... a a little like toy boat, like you pop, pop out the ball, but so it doesn't lose. There's a string tied to it, uh, but it comes out a velocity to, to uh, hurt somebody. Twenty-two miss. The ball hits you and bounces off you like a little bouncy ball, and it reels back into the cannon. Victor, I would have moved to D three and hit the knight. If you're moving like this, you're gonna be provoking an attack of opportunity. This is threatened square. Okay, I'll risk it. Do do do. Now with your super cool armor. And the marionette's always kind of sort of floating as if something is holding its strings, but nothing obviously is. And that's what allows it to move over pieces and stuff. 27. Misses. It goes to slash you with its claws and absolutely completely misses, of course. 38. That's a hit. For 37 damage. Didn't I save you from that faceless horror back at your sister's house? Hmm? You know what? Nitsu was right about one thing. You're a parasite. I'm going to eject you so hard. No appreciation for those that help you out, eh? You're helping yourself. Just using your allies and throwing them away. Like so many toys put back in the toy box. Now, where have I heard that before? Uh, I'm going to shift, like, out from under this hand. Mm-hmm. I'll continue firing at this bishop across the board from me. 29. Hit. 33. Hit. Uh, 12. 12 is a miss. Total of 41 damage. You kill it. You shoot it and the ship explodes into the board. And the little guy goes out and he gives a salute as the boat goes down. Blah, blah, blah. The hand comes, slams down on the ground where you were and misses everything, of course, uh, since you moved. The other hand brings the finger down and pokes at the ground right where you were, Vic. And as it comes up, it's destroyed that part of the board. That is a hole that leads into absolute blackness. So now there's a big hole there and he's going to move pieces. The queen's going to move over here, and then it's going to point its scepter at you, Victor. 41. Yeah, that hits. Yeah, really, I'm, I'm surprised. And then I need you to roll me a d6, please. Five. Make a 42 DC 21 save. 32, son! Okay, you bring up your hammer to get in the way of this blue beam, because it comes out from the blue crystal on her staff, and it starts turning your hammer to stone, and you smash it on the ground and break the stone off of it. But you get the feeling if that hit you, you would have been turned to stone. Knight's going to move here, and he's flipping through. It's going to give you attack of opportunity, uh, Victor, okay. on the knight, on the marionette that moves by. 36. Is a hit. 31. 21 to your AC there, Lanners. No. Okay, as it goes to swipe at you with these vicious claws, it just hits the air harmlessly. He's going to bring his hands to do more handy things. He's very handsy. Vic. I'm going to attack the knight, finish him off. 34. Hit. 31. You kill it. You you smash the marionette and it falls to pieces. And the strings whip down on the ground and lay on the board and then sink into the board and disappear. I'm going to move to F2. Lanris, uh, he says, you've lived such a nugatory life. What? Drinking and dancing? <laughs> How right! Don't you think it's time to let somebody else have a chance to dance? Give that body of yours to someone who can put it to real use. Or have you not visited every drug den in the city? Maybe if you had a better fashion sense. <gasps> you take that back. I'm sorry, how long had vests been in style? <laughs> I know, he takes off his hat. Maybe I'll cut off my ear, replace it some weird looking thing that doesn't match the pattern of the rest of me. Well, that's going to be hard considering you're not real. <laughs> I'm going to move out from under the hand and I'm going to fire at the queen. Okay. 29. Do you miss. 17. Miss. 21. Miss. 
All right. You hit arrows, and they all hit her, but they just break apart as they hit this gold. Matter of fact, one, she even, like, hits away with the staff. Queen's gonna be hard. Okay, the hand comes down, slams, doesn't do any damage because you've moved out of it. The other hand pokes the ground and now creates a spot you cannot walk or traverse. Or you can, but you almost fall and die. <laughs> uh, it's a very and, viable option. And now, uh, okay, the queen is going to attack you. So do you want to touch AC? Yes. I'm surprised. Roll a d6. Four. Okay, make a fort save again. Green ray shuts out from the green gem. 28. Oh, you save. You get just swamped by this disgusting putrid smell, but you uh, don't contract the poison. However, now the green gem goes dull and the blue gem is restored. All right, so the, the toy soldier, the rook looks over, points a, a rifle at you, a little toy, like, uh, lead rifle, and shoots at you, Vic. Ooh, not good. 39. Yep. 20 points of damage. Put his hand somewhere again. It's Victor turn. I'm gonna move there. I, that is G4. I am adjacent to a pawn, and I'm going to hit that pawn. I'm going to attack him with my hammer. Uh, Lanris. Yes. You notice as he's like bringing this hammer down, you're seeing that his his articulation is rather stiff, and you kind of look at it. You see, like you can see the hinge on his elbow as he brings it down, as he is essentially a life-size Victor action figure. <laughs> With all sorts of points of articulation. He's got like a ball socket joint for his head. I hit him. And that's going to be 34 points of damage to that pawn. Nice. You smash it. And even though like you're hitting like gelatinous material, you're getting through it. Makes it Lannis' turn. I'm real. I can do whatever I want. I don't owe you anything because you attached onto me. I'm going to shoot at the queen once with my uh, sonic pistol. Uh, no, natural one. Uh, I'm going to take a move action to F1, uh, hiding in plain sight as I do. 29. With that, the hand comes down, smashes. No one's there to get hit by it. Uh, his finger comes down and pokes a hole into the board. The pawn is going to attempt to overtake you. Uh, so you've got to make an on passant check. It's not on passant, but close. Fortitude. Gosh, have you ever played chess before? Reflex save. 11. That's not good. Ouch. As this gummy bear gets over you, it, it engulfs you and grabs you and pulls you in. Its stomach sort of opens up and like separates to make these like gummy teeth and it swallows you. You're completely encompassed in this gelatinous cute gummy bear. This is not going to be great. All right, you're pinned. You have to hold your breath and you're going to take five points of acid damage. Make a DC 22 fortitude save. 21. Oh, jeez Louise. Roll a D- 3D6. No way! All right, well, you're paralyzed for 13 rounds. And as you now know, the Gummy Bears are gelatinous cubes. Jeez Louise, enjoy that. So I am pinned and paralyzed? Yep, the Rook takes out its gun and fires at you, Lanris. Can he see me? Oh, what a good question. He needs to make that check. Uh, if you, what was your check? It was above a 20, right? Yeah, he can't 29. get 29. He's got a plus zero to his perception. He's going to move to Victor. Shooting through the gelatinous cube and dealing it damage, correct? I guess that would make sense. Yeah. It would make sense if he didn't quickly fail. <laughs> that's okay. We got a bishop that's going to shoot at you. 21. Oh, yeah, that hits. 12 points to you and 12 points to the gelatinous cube. I'm sorry, the gummy bear. Gelatinous gummy bear. Let's give the queen a chance to see Lanris and turn him into stone. The queen has a minus two to perception, so it will not see you. <laughs> Queen's going to move here and it's going to shoot at Victor. Jeez Louise. I think a 19 is going to hit you regardless of what the plus is. Roll a d6, please. Five. You, you love getting turned to stone. You love it. Roll anything but a five. Make a fortitude save. 28. All right. Well, you're not, you're not turned to stone. Landris, you suck. I didn't do anything. 
You went into Heidi mode, and now everybody's just attacking Victor. Just One, attacking two, Victor. Three, that's Victor's three. not even real. One, two, three. We don't know that. <laughs> you get back to the real world, and he's all passed out and bleeding. You. Okay, yep, so the, uh, the knight's gonna move out here. So the hands kind of go over, repositioned above the board again, making it top. Victor's turn. Victor, you're paralyzed. Take one round off. Landris, your turn. Down to 12. Woo! It's either bum rush the queen in melee or hope I can help Victor. I'm gonna move over here and attack the thing holding Victor with my bow. Does a 35 hit its flat-footed AC? It does. Uh, 24 damage. 24 is exactly killing it. Woo! Well, I need to take a whole turn to remove paralysis on Victor now. Okay, the hands come down. Crush, poke. Hands are always poking. Rook is gonna fire. The, the, the guy loads a musket with a lead ball and shoots. 20, 31. Oh yeah. 22 damage. The bishop's gonna move over here right next to you and it's gonna try to attack you. The knight. That's what I meant, thank you, sir. 20. No, that misses. All right, great. I mean, uh, that sucks. I, I really want all my players to die. Uh... All right. And that is their turn. It is now your turn. Lanny, you are being childish. Mm, I get to do what I want. Mm, doesn't matter how it affects anybody else. All right, I'm down to 11 now. Uh, more turns of paralyzed. Well, I mean, I guess Victor screwed either way, because now he can't get out from under the hand. Now, when the boogeyman's speaking, is it the, the token or is it the guy above us? It's the big guy, but the token sort of mimics him. I got a dumb question. Can I just king him? As king him? This isn't checkers. Um, whatever. Checkmate. I mean, I guess I'd have to checkmate him. I can't do that. As of 10th level, once per day, the wearer can draw forth one piece of fruit from the fruitful sash that acts as one of the following. Who cares about the rest? Because remove paralysis is an option. Really? Yes. I, mean, I planned that. I knew that. I wanted to throw something at you you couldn't undo. Feed the fruit to me. <laughs> and I can throw it. Chew it in your mouth like a, like a mama bird. <laughs> and regurgitate. <laughs> <laughs> I give you the gift of life, Victor. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw out a piece of fruit and peg it at Vic. Okay, what's the fruit look like? It's a pow pow fruit from Kingdom Hearts. I know what that means. <laughs> it's, it's a it's what's the ones that smell like poop? Oh, durians. <laughs> it's a durian. <laughs> All right, you throw it at him, and durians are hard, so it hits him like a baseball. But somehow it like shocks him out of paralysis. <laughs> And uh, you're, you're unparalyzed, Vic. Yay! I you know what? I, I always make fun of my players for, like, you have a billion things in your arsenal and you don't use them and then you end up dying. You know what? You impressed me. You remembered that you had something that even I didn't know. I'm gonna five-foot shift over here. Okay. You're the one throwing a tantrum because you don't get to play with other people's toys. The hand smashed down on you. Doing. 16 points of damage. That's those things turn. Let's see. Let's get our... Good buddy, the uh, gelatinous going bear to move forward. Knight's gonna try to hit Victor. 27. Misses. 31. Misses. The marionette scratches claws at you, claws at you, and it's just tear, it's like tearing chunks in like this plastic, right? But it's it's not really getting too deep. It's like getting like little scratches and peeling off the, the rook. He loads his musket again and he fires again at you, Vic. 32. Oh, that hits. And then he does it again and 27. Misses. 20 points of damage. The lead bullet pierces through and goes out the other side. Like, like, like barely misses your head, uh, Landers, as it comes out behind him. 29. Miss. As uh, the toy boat shoots the cannonball and then reels back in with a string. And the hands move over position to slam on you and poke a hole into the board. And now it is, uh, it's good old uh, Landers' sister, Victor's turn. Okay, I'm going to just shift by foot and full round attack the castle, the ro rook. He's like looking at you. He's like trying to reload real fast as you get up on him. He's like, I can't, he doesn't have enough time. Swing that hammer. I shall. 34? Oh, that's a hit. 
26. That's a hit. Magic number. 26. Got it again. It's a hit. All three hit. 38, 35, and 32 points of damage. Well, you almost killed it. It has very little health left. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. Those were between three attacks, right? Yes. Hold on. Yeah, Caleb, Caleb remembers DR for the first time this whole this whole encounter. Isn't your hammer uh, adamantine? Yeah, it is. Oh, then never mind. We got exactly the same kind of DR. That's what you get for trying to remember DR, Caleb. I have that devastated attack, which is that causes the, the side effect. Um, he needs to make a uh, fortitude save because I got three attacks. Okay, four. He gets a 10. He's staggered. Now, uh, you do me a quick favor. Sure. Just real quick. Only take you a second. Just make me a, just a quick save. Just a DC 17 fortitude save if you want. Just real quick. I got 19. As you smash it, find particles of lead break up and fill the air in a five-foot radius around him. And you breathe in, you cough it up so that you don't get actually hurt. But it uh, did not feel good to breathe in. So you feeling you don't want to be just uh, enjoying this. Okay, I'm done. Good old Le- uh, Victor's turn. Lamar's turn. Do I have to make that fourth save if I end in a square with the lead or if I pass through one? It says creatures within the area or that pass through the cloud. Uh, he laughs like as he sees like the fruit being thrown at him and he says, Familiar with fruit, eh? Listen, I'm patient. The seed I planted in you, I was willing to wait months for it to fructify. But you just had to force my hand. And then his hand comes over you ready to smash the board. Big words he's using. This guy has read his dictionary. I don't like his words. Because <laughs> they're big. I, I ask him if we're still doing phrasing. <laughs> Leaving all these gun bears around. Do you want ants? Because that's how you get ants. Hmm. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to um, I'm gonna spend a hunter trick to use chameleon step. I can move up to double my move speed and make a stealth check without penalty as part of it. Ooh, so that means I can make a standard action. Sweet. So I'm going to fire at the rook with my uh, laser, uh, sonic pistol. That one. Okay. Note that it does have soft cover. So it's going to get plus four to its AC. Okay. Does a 37 hit its touch AC plus oh, four? Oh, it sure does. Good, good. That's what I like to hear. Uh, then I'm going to deal... Uh, and then I'm going to use my hunter trick, uh, chameleon step to move and stealth. It's only a 23. Right, you're going to have to make the save for going through the poison. 33. Uh, you say that knight is going to try to hit you, Victor. Mm-hmm. 30 exactly. Miss. 30 again, so it's another miss. The bishop's going to be trying... Oh, you, you're stealth, right? What was your stealth check, uh, Christian? 23. All right, so it can't get it, so it doesn't know you're there. Like, you stealth as soon as you moved, right? Yes. The rook is going to shoot at you. 32 to Victor. Oh, yeah, that hits. 20 points of damage. He fires. He loads a musket ball. King him, Vic. <laughs> Put a checker piece on top of him. Victor turn. All right, that's where I'm moving. About right by the king. All right, you're going to take one attack of opportunity from the bit, from the knight. Okay. It's not going to hit you. Yes. I'm going to voluntarily enter into a rage. Nice. 45. Is it a hit? It is incorporeal. 35. Okay, so half of 35 is math. 17. You passed through the miasma, Vic, so make a save. 21. Uh, you saved it. I will five foot shift and full round action him. 35 to its flat footed. Hit. 31. Hey, 31's a hit. Uh, 16 to hit. Miss. And 27 to hit. Hit. Total of 55 damage. So the hand slams down, misses you guys completely since you moved. Uh, you're out of the poison. You guys have surrounded the king. The big boogeyman is playing the chess game with you says. You know, big numbers. Men can't conceive of big numbers. If I was to say billions, you just, it's just too much. But if I said a hundred, you can picture that seems like a lot. But there's a point where you get to a number and it's just too big to fathom. So I want to help you. And as he says that, the shade disappears and then reappears over here. 
It just it doesn't even move. It just vanishes and then slowly comes back into existence down there. So it's like, yeah, it's like the opposite corner of the board from where they are now, towards where they started. Picture this. You have to sit down and do nothing for one hour. Can you comprehend that, Lanny? One hour of doing nothing with, with no toys for your little boy hands to play with, with nothing but your mind to keep you company. Now, I want you to imagine, if you can, doing nothing for a whole day. Can you picture that? I don't think you can. I don't think you can conceive of doing absolutely nothing but being bored for an entire day. I think waiting is one of the hardest things that man is ever tasked with. And I think doing nothing is one of the most difficult things to do. And I think it's so hard for you to even imagine a day of doing nothing. The queen is gonna go here and attack you, Lanners. Okay. 24 to your touch AC. To my touch, yes. Roll a d6, please. Two. Acid spews forth from her rod, streaming into you. Take 40 points of acid damage. You can reflex it for half. Uh, you mean reflex it for everything? Yes. <laughs> well, I got 37, so. Whoa! Okay, well, uh, the acid, uh, you, like, duck and it spews behind you and it burns through the board on the outskirts of the board. Now... I know you can't do this, but I'm just trying to help you understand the concept of a large number. Imagine doing it for an entire month. We've moved from an hour to a day to a month. Now extend that beyond to a year. It's too late. I've already gone over your head, little Annie. I've already gone over your head. Now I want you to imagine a time so long that you were unable to continue to count it. That the years have gone by where you've lost count, and at this point you've forgotten at what year you lost count in. That's how long I've been doing nothing, Lanny. And finally, an opportunity arrives for me to finally do something. Even you would jump at that. Can you really judge me, Lanny? And he's gonna move the bishop. Oh man, he hasn't got any I can hit Lanny. Uh, Victor. Good. The knight can. The knight's gonna move. Thirty exactly. Yeah, the knight can't hit me either. That, oh, that misses. <laughs> so the listeners have an idea. They pretty much have a, all the pieces in between them and the king at the moment. Victor's turn. All right, I'm gonna move out of the way. Just a five foot shift, and then I'm gonna use a uh, nanite hyper gun. I'm hurting. Real Victor. He's hurting. Twenty three point healed. Back. You stab it into the plastic, and it like bleeds out, but fixes you anyway. That's not plastic. That is blood. <laughs> My half-human, half-elf blood. Well, Annie's turn. Stop calling me that. <laughs> Gonna use chameleon step again to move double my move speed and make a stealth check without penalty. Are you? Does that make you vanish before moving? Because that's important to know whether or not you'll get this attack of opportunity. Well, I'm making it uh, against the bishop. I do have to make the acrobatics check, so I'm going to do that to avoid his uh, attack of opportunity. Uh, 46 to his CMD. Oh, yeah. So I tumble past the bishop and disappear, uh, and I'm going to run past... All the pieces, I have to make a stealth check. So total of 34 for my stealth check. Nice. What does this look like, by the way? You you vanishing from sight. It's like um, active camo. I'm going to put myself right in front of him. So before I do that, I'm going to take a pot shot at the queen with my laser boy. Uh, 22 to her touch. Is a hit. Uh, 15 points of sonic damage. And you can't blame me for putting you back for doing nothing for a long, long time. Hand smashes down. You all had moved out of the way. The knight's going to attack you, Vic. Oh, it 
just whiffs completely. Mm-hmm. The marionette's scratching at you. And then at a point, it just stops and looks at you like, really, could you please stop moving? All right, the queen's going to attack you, Vic. Vic, to your touch AC, 24. Yep. Roll a d6. One. Okay, that's cool. Make a reflex save. 14. You fail. You're going to take 20 points of fire damage as just lava and stream pours out and melts your plastic frame. No, I'm human. <laughs> you don't have to convince the GM. That one, that one, I think, is certain. Victor's turn, but he does have a rebuttal. Oh, I, I don't blame you, Lanny. That's just, that's just it. I hope you don't blame me either. That's all I want to get out of this. I don't, I'm not trying to look good in your eyes. I mean, I know that's just impossible. You're going to be you, and I'm going to be me, and the one thing that we share together is that we're both people. And people always strive for the self. They always want self-preservation, Lanny. So while you're going to do everything you can, even if objectively, and I'm not saying it is, but even if objectively every court in the world would rule that I should probably get an opportunity, a second chance at life, because... I've had so much time in, 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 in a nothing prison and you've wasted your life on hookers and booze that maybe I should get it instead of you. Even if that was justifiably what should happen, even if I could convince you of that and judges could convince you of that, it still wouldn't matter. No, no amount of morality ever stands a test to self-preservation. It doesn't matter. It would conquer your morals. It would conquer whatever reasoning and logic you have, the feeling to stay alive, to keep yourself alive. And that's just the case, Lanny, that it's me versus you, even if I wanted to be your best friend. I couldn't be because it's either me or you, and I can't change that, and you can't change that. So you're going to do everything you can to stay alive, and I'm not going to blame you. And all I ask is that since I'm going to do everything I can to be alive, you don't blame me. I'm asking for a, a little empathy, Lanny. And Vic's turn. I'm going to five foot shift over to my side and I'm going to full round action the knight. Oh, I'm, I'm going to come out of my rage too. 30? <laughs> yeah, that's a hit. 30. That's another hit. So 38, 32, 35 points of damage. Kill the, you kill the knight. There are no more knights on the board. Lanners. I'm going to open up with a full round action on the king who I have cornered uh, from stealth. You've checked him. 29 to his flat footed. It's a hit. 24. Hit. 20. Hit. Total of 52 damage through my arrows. Uh, have 26. Maybe I would have a little empathy if you didn't mess with me and Kentaro. But that ship sailed, and you're just sadistic. Hands come down, doing no damage. That seems to be the theme. His hands move over to reposition some stuff. That's three turns. The miasma has disappeared. Shade disappears again and reappears, sort of on the top left, surrounded by where a bunch of the remaining pieces are. Sort of in between where Landers and Victor are equidistant from them, but they have quite separated themselves. I don't think he's going to move any pieces. And uh, nothing really seems to be able to attack anybody. So actually, so instead of moving immediately, so the first thing he's going to do, he's going to move right next to you, Landris, and he's going, and the shadow is going to like extend its hands and its finger extend beyond what fingers should. 13 to your touch AC. And that does not hit me. And then he's going to vanish and go over there. He's going to set up two pokes. Oh, please, you're really going to hold a grudge over a, a couple of practical jokes? So I tripped Kentaro a time or two. I like to see you be exiled for years and years and years and not find a way or two that maybe people wouldn't find exactly appropriate to get your laughs. I never really hurt the poor guy. If I did, it was all in good fun. 
Listen, you guys leave really, really boring lives if you're not into risking your life every three seconds. Excuse me if I found my own little way to make joy. So high and mighty, Lanny, you of all people should not be that. Uh, Victor. I'm going to have to use my, my nanite guns. Healed for 29. Move there. Lanners. Practical joke. Okay, maybe I should thank you, because I was going to tell him no. But now we're going to get married, and we're going to be happy, and you don't even get the watch now, you perv. <coughs> I'm going to move in stealth, uh, hide in plain sight, move right here. I'm zigzagging toward him and sneaking into his ranks. Uh, 35 to my stealth check. Okay, it's not going to see you. It's a gelatinous cube. And then as my standard action, I'm going to denote the shadowy king figure as my quarry. His hands come up, sort of surrounding the king, right? He's smashing and he gets near it. Queen comes up to flank his good old king. Victor, it's a hit because it's higher than my roll before. Roll a d6, please. Six. Ooh. Make a will safe. No. Not that one. <laughs> 22. 22? Yes. This is this one's very creepy as out comes what can only be described as a white mist comes out of this rod and, and just sort of goes all over you. And then you see, like a second, you can see like the future. It's trying to go into your nose and mouth and you just like cover up your mouth and everything. And it tries to like penetrate you through your pores, but it can't and it dissipates before it can do any sort of damage. Whatever that was, it was gonna be very bad. That was the highest roll, which is the worst. Bishop is going to move and the bishop's gonna try to attack you. The bishop is going to miss. And that's the end of his turn. Do wish I could be there. I doubt you'd let me be the best man, but maybe I could be at least the ring bearer. All right, he didn't get you one. <laughs> I know that's not very funny, but when you haven't heard a joke in so many years, things like that really entertain you. I mean, what, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Can you at least give me the satisfaction before you murder me to tell me what you're going to do with the rest of your life that's so important that I can't use it? Victor. I'll come up here and attack this guy. I'm going to attack the bishop. 42. That's a hit. 39 points of damage. Uh, from stealth, I'm going to full round action the king, standing right next to him. 27 to his flat-footed. Hit. A 29. Hit. A 25. Hit. And a 27. Hit. Oh boy. A total of 81 damage. I'm gonna save Kadesh. He just breaks into laughter. Just hearty laughter. And he goes, now that is the best joke I've heard in a long, long time. You've got such a big view of yourself. And as you're saying that, like he seems very calm, but he, the the shade, white light just starts streaming out of it and out of him as well. These holes appear in him, uh, almost mimicking where you shot all these arrows. And he kind of shakes his head and he goes, you know, I thought your problem was you're selfish, but that's not the problem. I thought the problem is that you, you lacked empathy, but that's not the problem. The problem with you, Lanny, is you're taking this all too personally. And he points at you with this giant finger. And as he does that, this white light is so bright, it blinds you, and the whole world is white to you, and then your eyes sort of rest and relax to the point where it's utter darkness. It is so dark that when you close your eyes, when you open your eyes, there is no difference. And then something, one thing sort of comes into view, but it's so far away that you can't quite tell what it is, but it's vaguely about to your waist height, maybe a little bit taller, but it's off in the distance, in this black void. Am I standing? You feel like you're standing, though you wouldn't be able to know it by looking at yourself because you can't see yourself. Uh, I'm going to start moving toward that figure. The figure moves away from you very fast. Um, hello? Anyone there? I'm going to walk slowly toward it? It gets farther and farther away from you, radically far away at this point now, where you can't even, you, you really can't even see it anymore. Hmm. I mean, I guess I'm going to sprint after it. You sprint for what seems like forever. When do you stop sprinting? What would take? What would it take? 
Um, okay, this is weird. I'm gonna feel around for stuff. You grope around in darkness and feel nothing. Even when you feel what you're stepping on, you can't feel it. You only know that your hand stops. I check myself. You are intact. Hey guys, you there? I don't know if the spell worked. Is the spell working? I guess I'm just gonna keep walking toward the direction I last saw the thing. You walk and walk and nothing changes. Wait, I won, right? Yeah, I totally won. I sit down. Take out the Rod of Wonder and just point it into the darkness. Roll. 33. You hear the sound of thunder above and it begins to rain on you. You're just sitting soaking. Hmm. I sit down for a while. The rain stops. But yeah, I mean, Lambert's just trying to figure out, like, right now he's still in the f- stage that he's like, how do I get out of here? Like, what do I do? There's gotta be something I can do. Was this supposed to scare me? It's not working. It's not very scary. I, like, lay down, if that's an option. Sure. Take out a piece of fruit and eat it. Tastes great. I mean, your senses have nothing to intake. Even the slightest sense is intense. I could do this forever. I eat another <laughs> fruit. I thing, if you're still out there, I'm, I'm not going to hurt you. Uh, I, I take out a whistling arrow and fire it. You hear it whistle into the distance, echoing until it's lost. Spin around, one around in my finger to make noise. It's comforting to have noise in a noiseless space. I'm gonna try my lighter. Does it actually produce any light? It does. You can now see yourself. It doesn't cast very long or very far. Where the heck am I? I didn't fall down one of those holes, did I? I bring the lighter down to where I'm walking. See if I can perceive what I'm standing on. You can't. It's like you're walking in the middle of air. Everybody thinks I can't do nothing. I could totally do nothing. Watch this. Best at doing nothing. Just wish I had a drink or something. All I got is this fruit. Oh, wait. Maybe I can ferment that. wonder how long that would take. I don't know how to do that. You hear creaking, enormous creaking, and you look generally behind you. In the distance, though so far away now, it it looks normal size to you, but obviously it must be massive to look this normal, this close, is a giant skeletal hand reaching from the sky. Toward me? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to try to move away from it. As you move away from it, the sort of chest-high object that was in the distance comes radically fast towards you and you stop and when it, you stop it stops and it's sort of near where the skeleton is which is the skeleton hand is moving very slow is the skeleton hand at a level where it would collide with that other object no it's much higher i'm gonna keep moving away from the skeleton hand okay this this chest high object comes faster and faster and faster and as you move away eventually it comes up right a- against you it's a pillar and on top of the pillar is a like sort of red pillow and on top of this red pillow is a very familiar chest but the chest is open and you look inside and in this sort of velvet is a piece of paper that's blank a parchment a tan piece of parchment and writing begins in the parchment and it spells out uh, individually for a few letters the words Game over.
Trailblazers is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. Your players have been Christian and Tim, and Caleb has been your GM. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.